Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop Swirl on the new Talk Story Radio Network. July 16th, 2014. How's it going, Peter? Woo, it's going all right. How's it going with you? No, it's going good, man. We're moving right along. Yeah, we're looking forward to tonight. We got uh, the Chris Anderson group sitting in with us. Portions thereof, I take it, huh? <laughs> How's it going, guys? And, uh, we've got a full night ahead, man. We're going to be having, uh, of course, we get to talk to uh, Angela. Hopefully. Hopefully. And, uh, Tara, out there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, as well as Anthony Davis, T-Bone's Time Out, Brewskies, and a whole lot more. How's it going, T-Bone? Beautiful day. In the neighborhood, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of getting used to this guy showing up a little before the show starts. I know, right? Uh, spoiled there, huh? Enjoy <laughs> <laughs> it while you can. Exactly. <laughs> How's your week been, Peter? Ah, uh, it's been okay. You know, wife threw me a curveball, so I'm dealing with that. <laughs> and uh, my kid, kid threw me a curveball, dealing with that. So um, multiple curveballs. Yeah, yeah, it's been all right though. You're facing a uh, Kershaw or somebody. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, got no bike rides in and nothing like that. So it's, it's sort of you know, yeah. not one of those exciting weeks, but it's a week. I'm I'm, I'm getting shit done. <laughs> it's just not my shit. Some of those people's shit. <laughs> That's how it is sometimes, right? <laughs> that's how I got my bike ride in. Uh, Going to my kids' games. So that's, that's other people's shit, but I, got, I snuck a ride in. So. Yeah, that's, sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know what the thing is? is uh, <clears throat> They had a later game in, in the uh, Summons Road yesterday, so I actually took the uh, San Gabriel River Trail. And on the way back, I rode half of that one uh, pretty much in the dark. Hmm. You know, some strange creatures wandering around that river trail after dark. There it is. <laughs> and I'm talking about two-legged creatures. I was just, just going to say, usually the ones you got worried about are the two-legged ones. The four-legged ones usually get out of your way. I noticed that most of the, most of the, of the few cyclists that were there uh, along with me coming and going were riding pretty fast. <laughs> Kept that pace up. But, you know, I had improved my time. So that's, yeah, there that's you go. <laughs> Motivation. Yeah, you can call it that. <laughs> How about you, Bob? What's been happening, brother? Make it easier. Decorating. <laughs> yeah, are you out of boxes yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the boxes are out of the house. That's always a major accomplishment. So that's good. And 
Is it a lot of that uh, that old George Carlin sk- skit? Uh, my stuff, your shit. <laughs> it hasn't been too bad in that regard. Oh, good. I thankfully got to throw away pretty much all of my shit. <laughs> so, so you upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tended to have nicer. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah, that's been good. Nice. <laughs> we got internet and electricity and water. Really, I don't really use much else. And and did you leave most of the vermin behind? <laughs> Definitely better than four million. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Held them off at the border, you did. <laughs> There's always going to be a few that slip through. <laughs> but it's secure. All right. Good to hear, man. <laughs> Let's take our first break, come back, and uh, introduce our guests properly and get this show on the road. What do you say? Sounds good. You're listening to Swoop Short on Talk Story Radio Network. This is one from the Chris Anderson Group. This is called Blue Collar Blues. Back after this.
go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, there's a shot on the wall, and you're listening to Swirl. And welcome back to Swirl on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're happy to have as our guest today the Chris Anderson Group. we got Chris and Mike here. How's it going, guys? Great. Doing great. Good, and, and, and this is the return of. You guys were here last, actually, you were here ago a, a year and a day ago. It was the really? sixth. Today's the, no, actually. Today's the 16th. 16th? No, last year you were here on the 17th. Yeah, it was quite a year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so tell us a little bit about what's going on. I know, uh, you know, right off the bat, you're going to be playing the Cypress uh, Community Festival again this year. That's uh, coming up next to 26, I believe. Yep, which sounds like next weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds right. Next Saturday. So, uh, what's been happening with you over the last year? Well, um, just you know, doing. Doing pretty much playing every week. You know, every week we're playing somewhere. Doing a lot of the Lucille's. We're still doing the Lucille's restaurants. Uh, we did uh, actually this past Wednesday. We did the Seal Beach uh, concerts. Uh, you know, concert series like uh, they have it like at the foot of the pier. Uh-huh. Um, or I guess it's the foot of the pier. It's near the pier, right there. Water. Surfers wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was that was really that was really nice. Uh, you know, a bunch of people showed up and appeared to be having a good time, so yeah. that was good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we been doing, Mike? Oh yeah, Stubricks. Stubricks. Yeah. We've been there for twelve years. Where's that? Uh, Stubricks down in uh, downtown Fullerton. Uh huh. Yeah, we've, that's kind of like our home. Yeah. You know, we've been there for twelve years. Uh, taps in both Brea and Verona. Wow. So we're lucky. Uh, we're able to play all the time and kind of select our own schedule. That's cool. You know, so because we work. We just let the cat out of the Pretending to be a uh, rock star. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> now, this is, uh, how many times you guys played at the Cypress Festival? close to that you know, we go back and fact check on last year's <laughs> <laughs> we said last year. <laughs> add one to whatever we said <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I'd say five or six years I think yeah what's the uh, what's that whole vibe like for the uh, the festival out there oh it's great um, 
on the on the one side, the side we're playing on, there's a lot of uh, a lot of booths, like a lot of craft kind of booths. You know, it's a little bit more. Um, yeah, a little bit more low, low key. And then on the other side, it's where they have all the beer and the and the cars and the chili. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all, you know, because they got a chili tasting um, chili cook off or something like that. And then uh, then they have it right next to these classic cars, which I'm sure would make people nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's a, it's a really really good festival. It's, yeah. yeah. So you know, it sounds like you know with the with the Seal Beach thing and this thing, you guys, you, and then you play or your other your other spots that you're kind of regular. You kind of get a mix of indoor outdoor uh, performances. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say um, mostly indoor, but you know, well this time of year we get a few more uh, <laughs> outdoor things, and uh, those are those are nice. I, I really like doing those uh, like concerts in the parks and stuff like that. And, uh, you gotta do like a little bunny hot action you gotta kick it and uh, flip up and land in your hat or something <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get it to land on the plate yeah, that's, that's the trick. <laughs> no i i pretty much i think uh last year somebody had hit us up for some names and i did you guys end up playing the uh Bellflower car car show? We did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun. Again, yeah. you know, that was, uh, you know, hopefully we can do that again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, good. So, yeah. Now uh, we the song we just played it's off your Indecision CD, right? Are you guys, uh, uh, is that something recent or? Um, it's a couple of years old, maybe yeah. two yeah. years old. Yeah. So we're we're working on some new stuff. You know, we're not that close to being finished yet, but yeah. <laughs> we're working on it. You know, we're uh, getting you know, getting some new stuff. We figure, I don't know, maybe within the, within a year, hopefully we'll have another one going. Yeah. Well, yeah. next year. Next year. <laughs> All right, that's our goal. We're setting a goal right now. Next year. Show is archived. <laughs> Three hundred sixty-four days from yeah. now. Yeah. Peter, like, Peter will hold you to it. That's right. That's right. How'd you guys? How'd you guys uh, initially get started? We gotta thank our good friend Rich Smith for bringing it all together, right? Yep, yep. Uh, he had a gig and needed a band. Knew Chris from way back, and then uh, we started rehearsing. We had another good friend, Richie Wu, uh, play guitar, so we were a four-piece. And uh, it was actually a benefit that his cousin set up for I think it was brain injury people. So it was a good cause. On the way home, I'm, I'm riding with Rich Smith, and I said, oh, "What are we doing? We gotta, we should keep this going, not just for this, you know." And so, Chris says, "The only way I'm gonna be in." It's actually the opposite of that, <laughs> for sure. And, and they're like, "Well, we were thinking of calling it the Chris Anderson Group," and I was like, "You know, what do you say to that?" I mean, you know. Vanity stepped in. That is not the truth. You know, he was like, you know, the easiest guy to work with and a true friend for years for everybody. You know, welcomes anybody to come up and play. And we don't want to say that all the time, but does Peter Peter show up with his guitar? Not me, but my kid will. My kid will. And I'll expect you to like let him solo over you guys like endlessly. Just you know. 
willing to talk to anybody, you know, that wants to, you know, find out about us, you know, so that's, I think that's why it worked, you know, we're all wanting the cause to go forward and play and have fun, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's our release big time. Nice. How'd you, how'd you get started in music, Mike? Well, my uh, good friend, Buckaroo Bob, way back in, <laughs> when I was in eighth grade, uh, he started playing uh, guitar, and uh, of course I got, you know, the bass you know, assignment. So <laughs> I, I came out to California for a year and tried that with my, my family, moved out here, we tried it, went back, back to Buffalo where I'm originally from, but then I came back out again, went to Cypress College, and all kind of, but uh, got hooked up with a great bass player, Andre Berry, phenomenal professional bass player, and he kind of took me, you know, under his wing, really. You know, he used to come down from Hollywood for two hours, and I used to give him like 30 bucks, and he was just, he saw that I really wanted to learn, you know, yeah. blessing in my life, yeah, for sure. Nice. So, but all natural here, you know, he, he can pick <laughs> it up, and, and he's got the, the ear to, to make it work. I, I needed a little, little boost, little guidance. <laughs> How about you, Chris? How'd you get started? Oh, I need guidance too, but I just never got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, well, let's see. I guess um, I guess I got you know it was back in high school or high school age, <laughs> uh, you know, and we we just you know my friends would come over to the house and you know somebody knew how to play something. Yeah, it must have been smoke on the smoke water. On, I was gonna I say, that's exactly what I was thinking. Smoke on the water or Iron Man. So, uh, <laughs> so one of the they knew how to play that, so they showed me that, and then and then I started watching MTV, and and I realized I, I was I was picking stuff up just watching, you know, um, not that it's you know it's, it's it's a good idea to stay in school, but. You're not going to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make sure you use your time wisely. Find a hobby. So I just pretty much did that and then just, you know, it's, then it seemed like all the friends that I was meeting were musicians too. And it just always, I just always kind of had friends to jam with and stuff. And next thing you know, I, actually, it was pretty slow <laughs> thing. It took, you know, several years later, I was like, oh, wow, you know, maybe I should. Uh, gigs or something <laughs> so but you know i've been doing that pretty solid now so it's kind of the same route i took see i i learned how to, I, I knew you know how to play smoke on the water too and i was putting the needle in the right groove and so when he went on to actually <laughs> pretend when he had to actually play music you know i became a dj <laughs> so, no guidance so i didn't have any guidance <laughs> No, that's cool. It's 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 it's, it's when you're you know, when you're young like that and you, you're trying to absorb all that stuff and, and play it. And I think that's really the time you have that kind of time to lay around and <laughs> just play and learn. Yeah, you can say yeah. that again. <laughs> and we also have the DSs and the games that they have now. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, but imagine if we had YouTube though back then. I mean, that would have been. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> I, you I, had I, Don Kirshner's I, rock concert and everything. Yeah. <laughs> son that he does that you know he's playing and uh he'll just like oh i want to learn he's a big big metalhead and he loves metallica and he'll be trying to play it by ear and he's pretty good at that he, he's like, i don't get that i can't, just can't figure out yeah. one section or whatever and he'll, he'll hop on, on on youtube and 
over and over. It's like, oh, his finger, uh, that's what he's playing, and he'll just boom, and then next thing you know, he's, he's got it, and he'll, he'll figure a whole song out by himself. It's amazing Pretty that cool. there's always somebody who wants to take the time, and I'm not sure what they get out of it, you know, <laughs> but they'll take the time, and they'll, they'll spell it all out, and, you know, this is how it goes, and note by note, and... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bass lines are there. <laughs> it's interesting when you watch when you actually watch him like uh, our friend Larry I've actually watched him listen to a song and, and then kind of figure it out on the guitar right right before my eyes yeah. <laughs> I'm like how do you how do you that do that that's <laughs> a hell of a talent that's how, I'm always impressed by that yeah. <laughs> where are the notes <laughs> he writes it down and it's good, it's good, good stuff uh, when it comes to your own music uh, and your songs and stuff like that, uh, uh, who does the writing? Do you write the song, or the lyrics, or the music, or you do it all? You do both. Well, it, it, actually, all of the above. I mean, you know, some some things, um, some things we've written as a band. You know, we'll just come in and we'll jam. We'll go, oh, we like we like this groove, and then we'll kind of throw out some lyrics and try to get some lyrics together. But on this last one, well. I don't know. I did a lot of it. I did a lot of the writing, and, and usually what I do is, um, like sometimes I'll have a. Usually, I guess it's it's more of a, a music idea that I have, and then I'll try to, you know. But but I also kind of get some just random, you know, lines that you know. Usually, I'll hit one line, and then a year later, I'll go, oh, maybe this will go with that. Oh, hey, this goes with that, you know. And then it, you know, you know, after in, in bingo, after twenty years of doing that, you got some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you, you, you just play like you, you name some of the places you played, and, you, and you, you've had a lot of uh, longevity at places like that, and which is interesting because we talked to a lot of bands and stuff like that, and it seems like most of them it's uh, we'll, we'll play here, and we, you know we're lucky we get to come back here later on in the year, we'll play a gig here. Uh, what do you think attributes to the fact that you guys have gotten some long-term uh, assignments? You know, uh, I, I'd say you know maybe. Probably the number one thing is just don't be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, if they <laughs> like you, they like you. That, that goes a long way. <laughs> Some people forget that, you know. <laughs> it's easy, but nobody if people do forget the first thing they forget. You know, I, that's probably you know. Uh, I'd like to think it's the music, but I, I tend to think it probably has more to do with not being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, whatever works, man. It's a combination of the both. I guess we're blowing it, man. We keep forgetting that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Often>. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> before amends or after amends? <laughs> Preferably before, but even after it might work. <laughs> hey, you guys gonna you gonna play some live stuff for us? Sure, sure. Yeah. You want to play us in the next break? All right, we're listening to the Chris Anderson group right here at Swoops Row on the Talkstar Radio Network.
Sherman Talks to Radio Network back after this. It's too late now I miss my connection 
to be a teacher when you were little but as you grew up things changed teaching just didn't seem like the best option anymore so you decided to become something else but what would your 12 year old self say interesting and innovative things are happening in teaching today so it's time to put it back on your list don't try to convince yourself otherwise you had it right the first time find out how you can make more at teach.org make more teach brought to you by teach and the ad council for a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. We gotta talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Now that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Hi, we're the Lost Hours. And you're listening to Swoops Radio. Just take this away, my eyes are too big for my face. And welcome back to Swoops Radio on Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with the Chris Anderson group, and uh, we had a live one that went into the break, and we uh, then we played Drifting uh, right before, uh, right after that. What was the song you played before we went into the break? That was called Trouble with You. Yeah, that one. That one I wrote quite a, quite a few years ago. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot of yeah, there's like a backstory. There's a backstory there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Things are much better now. <laughs> 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 you were just sitting around going, I just need to write a song. Now, yeah, I think there's something more to it than that. <laughs> there's some meat and potatoes in that one. <laughs> when, you know, that's interesting. When, when it comes to writing uh, writing songs, do you uh, basically uh, work off of uh, personal experience? or? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I do it sometimes, and sometimes it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, like, yeah. like, with, like with the 
It, it'll never be like kind of completely true. <laughs> so there's, there's always going to be some truth in there. The, 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 the attorney got involved. Yes, just, yeah, right. yeah. just in case. Plausible deniability. <laughs> some of the names have been changed <laughs> to protect the <laughs> identities of your trumpet ass. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. I got a statement that I uh, no, but you know, it's, so just different percentages of truth, and yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always some truth. You right. can count on some truth. <laughs> yeah. It's like a movie based on it, inspired by a true story. I'm not yeah. saying everything here is true. <laughs> <laughs> definitely inspired by it. <laughs> but yeah, some of them are in the 90s uh, percentage. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mike? You do any writing yourself? I do. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've been trying to get into that, uh, you know, mode of writing again. Um, but my lyrics are not, you know, quite there yet. You know, it's, it's quite a skill, I think, to really come up with something that is, you know, it goes, it flows, right? Yeah. Rhymes a little bit, you know, makes it, you know. Sounds like you got a lawyer status. Yeah. He's a teacher now. <laughs> He's not putting out anything but A work. <laughs> no, no C papers coming here. Capitalizing each sentence. Commas and semicolons in the right spot. I seem to kind of get into like you know writing dirty songs. So. <laughs> hey, there's a whole uh, market yeah. for that. Inspired by. <laughs> I knew a guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! So when, when you guys, uh, when, you, when you were, uh, God, you guys play so many regular gigs, so half my questions don't even apply. But <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to uh, getting gigs, you know, a lot of the talk that we we talk to people about, and they say things like, uh, you know, you have to go through the whole thing of finding people who want to pay you and don't want you to pay up front to play there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, doesn't sound like you guys have to deal with a whole lot of that, but uh, I'm sure you had to go through that at one point in we, time, huh? We did. Uh, well, we actually, we did, I did. <laughs> uh, I've, you know, I've gone through the pay-to-play thing, you know, several years ago, but we've never done that as a band. We've always... Uh, well, we had tickets to, to... Oh, that's right, yeah. Sometimes well, when we, we started out, we really did original stuff, and then we did some paying gigs, and we're like, come on, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe go in that direction, which was a shame. Guys, you want to make money or you want to not make money? Because it is a struggle to try to get people to come out, you know, and promote, and you got to hustle, yeah. you know, for this kind of thing. So, uh, and it has to be a full band to go out and hustle. Right. You know, and we didn't, I don't think, had at that time everybody going for it. So, I mean, I think we had some great songs going on. We played... One of our most memorable was the Doheny Days or Doheny. Uh, Doheny Blues Festival. Oh, that's a great festival. festival. I love yeah, that place. Love that festival. <laughs> when you were you guys? 2003. Yeah. Um, so it was a long time ago, but it was, you know, we were like one of the opening acts and just, you know, looking out, you know, and it was a great vibe, you know, and I wish we were, you know, kind of going, but I think we're going a little bit more in that direction now, knowing that we know one side of the business aspect of trying to get restaurants and bars hopefully we can maybe turn that up a little bit and try to get some more festivals because you know the seal beach was great playing outdoors playing loud and, you know good groove and good vibe the people there were just really into it and, you know so it was it was a 
good time. So. When you play, when you're playing gigs, and and, and uh, you know, regardless of the setting, <clears throat> a lot of times you're places where uh, people want to hear basically covers. Yeah. Uh, but you, but to build to build a following, you kind of need to get some of your own stuff out there. What's that ratio like, or how do you decide determine what, what works best each time you play? Well, um, to be honest with you, most of the gigs we're playing, I mean, we do play our originals, but we don't uh, we don't play them. You know what I mean? Like so, depending on the on the type of gig, like the restaurant gigs or bar gigs, you're right. I mean, they don't want anyone to hear your original stuff. <laughs> you know, gotta sneak it out of it. But right? actually, what what ends up happening is like we've we've been, you know, like we have a lot of kind of repeat, you know, people that always like when we play certain venues, they're always there, and you know, they bought the CD and they're getting to know it and they're requesting them. So now we're getting requests for their, you know. And, what are, you know, what are we going to do? Say, hey, they asked for it. So, <laughs> so it's kind of nice. You know, it's kind of nice to, to, you know, actually hear that. People requesting your own songs. You know? <laughs> well, and you guys, uh, sounds like you, you kind of like, kind of skirt it. You're some in Long Beach, L.A. County, and a lot more in Orange County. Are you finding there's a big difference between the two areas? I know, like, for the people who are not familiar with the area, it all seems like one area. But there's actually, there oh, yeah. are two distinct areas. And, uh, you know, what sort of, how do they compare well, yeah, it seems like we we do like. It just seems like like when you go inland a little bit, like you know, even like Inland Empire, you know, um, and some of the outskirts of Orange County, <laughs> you know, th- that they they really are appreciating what what we're doing. You right. know, I'm not. I, I don't want to make. I was gonna say they appreciate live music more, but actually, now that I think about it, maybe they, maybe they just appreciate what we're doing. <laughs> you know, because whereas we haven't, and to be honest, we haven't played that much. In, we've, we've kind of a lot of the stuff has been in Orange County and Inland Empire, and then when we do, uh, but but Long Beach, we do play in Long Beach, um, you know, at, at Lucille's. So I, it's hard to get a feel for that because the Lucille's, it's it's a little bit the same at the other, right. you know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. the same sort of same crowd, same group yeah, of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, so we haven't really done a lot of bars in LA that much. You know, I mean, we've been kind of focusing on Orange County, so. <laughs> well, uh, let's, uh, let's see if you guys can play. Are you going to stick another one in on for us? Sure. Cool. All right. This one's, uh, this one's an Albert King tune. It's called Born Under Bad Sign. I think it's his song. Here we go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
once I began to crawl If it wasn't for bad luck I wouldn't have no luck at all This is Swift Road and Talk Serial Network.
by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. This is Raspin Stewart. You're listening to Swoop's World. We started out so innocently We learned to take what we need Forgive us for our greed Let's dance We smoke the hookah and dance Smoke the hook and dance. Always a good time when we listen to Raspin. We're here today with uh, Mike and uh, Chris from the Chris Anderson Group. And uh, guys, we, we've tried to cover a lot today and make sure we uh, cover everything you want to talk about. Is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't yet uh, hit on? Uh, wow. Let's see. Let's see. We've got to talk about Nicholas, right? Oh, yeah, we do got to. We got to talk about Nicholas. Yeah, so. <laughs> so we get to give Brian a shout out. Also. And Brian. Brian. <laughs> we got to talk about Brian. So we have two things. Uh, <laughs> two people. Not things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> okay, so uh, about a year and a half ago uh, or so, we started playing with a new drummer, uh, Nicholas C. Rich. It's kind of, I don't know if you remember this, but Rich, the guy that was here last time, was actually our old drummer, and he was already out of the band, but he, he was here. And, uh, we know what that's like. <laughs> he plays a lot of gigs, too. <laughs> he does play a lot of gigs, yeah. Uh, no. Um, so, so Nicholas has been playing with us uh, after Rich quit. Uh, Nicholas, we, uh, Nicholas is somebody I, I played with back in late... It was like the 1900s or something. <laughs> <laughs> Late 1900s. Last uh, century sometime. <laughs> uh, in this band called the Brohams. And uh, I always, you know, got along with them really well and stuff. And, you know, I liked his drumming and everything. And then didn't see him for years. And then we were at, uh, down at Long Beach uh, Courthouse. Uh, <laughs> jury duty. Jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> My story. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and we were on the same case, uh, so that I, I hooked up with him again. And Accomplices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so weird. We You're wrong. <laughs> we were committing the same crime at the same time, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. 
<laughs> no, so it's, so then we just kind of you know then we became Facebook friends for a little while. Uh, Root of all evil. We pretty much ignored each other for several months <coughs> until we needed a drummer. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no um, so yeah, see, he's been playing. Everything's you know going. He he kind of fit right in. He's he's you know he plays plays great. I mean he uh, he uh, you know he. Uh, I don't know. He's somebody. He's he's very. He has a lot of. Um, you know, just to get a little bit, you know, shop talky here. <laughs> you know, he has a lot of drum chops. You know, he's a really really good drummer. But he's he's somebody who a lot of times drummers when when they when they know too much, <laughs> you know, they they play too much and it kind of steps on the song. But he's figured out a way to really you know play some really interesting stuff and and still support the song and you know because usually you know when when that happens a drummer. Like, oh, Crashing and bashing and all, and it'd be hard to sing. Because every drummer wants a solo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's no different than that. <laughs> but, but he does. But he, he doesn't take the solo. He knows when. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he, and uh, so, yeah, he's he's really, I think, drum song great. Yeah, now, he's now they, say, now they say Rich Who? <laughs> <laughs> well, we mentioned him earlier in the show, so, you know. I mean, he was definitely, you know. Part of the band for yeah. sure. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was years, apparently because he's still years. listed on your Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> members. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, takes a whole time to update. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, Nicholas is <laughs> easy, easy transition for us, yeah. which was a little. I mean, on my part, I'm like, oh wow, you know. another drummer. <laughs> and, and he's French. Yeah, he's. We fr- saved oh. the lead. We buried the lead there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean anything. Mike's just but... happy that I'm going through bass players. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there's Brian. There's Brian. <laughs> yeah, bass players. Yeah. Brian came last time. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. It's the last time we had, you know. Scabs. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder the picker is wrong. Yeah, so Brian was here, who uh, over there working, you know, yeah, diligently wine. over at the at the wine country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're always happy over there. I think they're hitting some stuff up in the back room. Right? Uh, they do a lot of tasting over yeah, there. They're, 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 they're tasting tonight. Gotta know your product. Gotta know your product. It's tasting. It's all research. It's all, it's all research. <laughs> in depth, for sure. <laughs> so coming up, coming up, you guys have anything going on this weekend? This weekend is family weekend. That's right. Ah, it's family yeah. time this weekend. We uh, always try to make time for the family. We got to because you know they understand what we want to do. And they exact a price. You know, you said it. It's an archive, so all you have to do is go, uh, 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 go back and put it on the computer and listen. I see. I That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show that uh, on uh, July. What day we say it was? Next Saturday. <laughs> next Saturday, you got the Cypress Community Festival. Yeah. Uh, you guys are on at what time? High noon. High noon. High noon. How long will your set go, roughly? An hour. 
Nice. That's good. A lot of leg kicks. A lot of kicks. <laughs> this show, I will probably do a lot of leg kicks that night. Uh, I think yeah. I yeah. Yeah. stretch out. Yeah, you better, sure. just, <laughs> you better do some stretching. What's Mike doing with our Pilates? I'll be doing some leg kicks. And then we have a double one. That's right. We have a double one that night. That day, we were... At that night, we're playing at Ivalese in San Clemente. Oh. That's really good. Right? That's going to be a jaunt for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know. It's well, worth they, it, They play at noon. They get done at one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have time. But it's worth going down there. They have great food, but the vibe down there, you know, like we're saying, there's different places that give us really positive vibe, and that, that's one place that we really enjoy. I mean, every time we go in there, they are just, you know, wanting to hear the music, you know. Even when we stink. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and then we're, we're in San Dimas the day before, the night before, uh, at the Cast and Cleaver. Yeah, those are still around, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said when I when I, uh, <laughs> I remember these places. There, there's there's at least one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you believe. <laughs> standing there in an empty building with your gear ready to go. It's all boarded up. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Man. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for coming in. It's always always a good time to have you in here. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah, appreciate time. you having us back. It was oh, always a good time. time yeah. Anytime. Uh, we're going to do some uh, beer tasting here in a few minutes. Uh, we've got another break coming up. Did you want to play us into the next break? Sure. Can you do that? This one's called Drifting.
Over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. It's time to change your mundane radio listening schedule. Submit to the Robin Trap Show for your organic, entertaining radio experience. I actually love doing the Robin Trap Show. It's very freeing. There's a freedom there. I feel like I have a voice, and that voice is not restricted by anything. I love the unrestricted access I have to all sorts of people out there. The filters come off when the microphones go on, and I think our listeners feel that and vibe off of that the reason i listen to the show is because it's an interesting mixture of misfits both on the uh, 
radio end and on the listening end. It makes you feel less like a misfit when you're listening. Somehow it works. I listen to your show because I just think it's two kick-ass guys and it's way back. And I kind of prefer, like, the randomness. You guys just go with it. I like the celebrity interviews you do. I like the fact that you guys are irreverent about it. You know, you don't kiss anybody's ass. And, and you're funny. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing fake about you guys. The Robin Trav Show. It's real. It's raw. It's a radio revolution. Go to robindrab.com to join the fight. Talk Story Radio. Hello, this is James Eday from the Dub Rock Duo. Just wanted to let you know that you're listening to Swoop World. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. All right, well, uh, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And uh, welcome to, uh, without doubt, the most important part of the show, the beer tasting part. So uh, tonight we're drinking... Uh, a brewery called Speakeasy. I know we've had something from them. I just can't recall what. I don't remember what it was. Uh, I tend to think it was something, you know, brown stout, you know, something I like th- that. I think, I, I, uh, I don't know if we had it here or if we had it uh, at the tour in Long Beach. No, that might have been it. But definitely we've had it at some point. That's, that's not the right one. Um, anyhow, these guys, uh, what we're drinking tonight is the Blind Tiger Imperial... IPA, which, you know, that's right up our alley. We love that stuff. Uh, I'm trying to find, I had something, but this is just not working for me today. So uh, we're going to just, uh, I'm going to tell you what I do know. It's part of their infamous series. It's, uh, they're out of San Francisco. And I was looking for a, I don't even have an alcohol content, but Imperial IPA would, you know, should be something in the 8% range. T-Bone found it. Nine and a half percent. So oh, nice. that is really, really nice. So uh, for, for, for our guests who, who are staying through to do the tasting, uh, you're gonna, we're going to drink. We're gonna, you guys will go first. We're going to tell us what you think. No numbers. We all get to have a little say. And then uh, second time around, you're going to give us a number one through ten, ten being best. And Mr. Rainman over here will give us a, uh, an average. <laughs> all right. So salute. salute. Woo-hoo. We're going to start with guests first. and uh, Mike, why don't you start us off? Tell us what you think, honest opinion, and uh, we'll go from there. Flavorful, kind of the the 
Yeah, that's the thing. I can't pick out the, the different, uh, you know, uh, little thing. But it, it's, I like it a lot. It's it's really uh, very very interesting. You know what I mean? It's cool. Timon. Yeah, I am struggling as well to uh, really pinpoint what I'm tasting here. There's something a little out of the ordinary. Um, it does have a decent little hop wallop, but uh, yeah, there's there's something there that I just can't quite put my tongue on. And uh, yeah, it's good beer. And anything with nine and a half percent alcohol is gonna get. Both of my consumed. I'm a bit puzzled, so I might have to. It might hit me later on in this round right now. Yeah. <laughs> Peter. Well, I found a little bit more information here. Uh, I wasn't able to find a, an actual site, an actual uh, website for the brewery, but uh, some. Speakeasy, man. I guess so. Yeah. Keep on the down I know, right? Because obviously it's a secret handshake as well. Uh, so here's what I did. Find is that this is a similar brew to the Big Daddy IPA. That I think That's is what we had. Big yeah, Daddy, the Big Daddy IPA, but finishes finished with 80 pounds of freshly harvested Centennial and Cascade hops. The beer came out an unexpected delight. Melon, cantaloupe, and cucumber dominates the aroma with flavors of pine and grapefruit, rounding out this hoppy and refreshing brew. We got our hands in one. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, it's an odd thing. I mean, I love the IPAs. There's something. I almost, you know, I hate to use the word wrong, but there's something wrong here. It's not quite, I mean, it's got the 9.5%, which we love, but the flavors are not working together. You know, it's 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 not harmonious. It's not working for you? It's not working. I'm, I'm not, it's not a hate thing, but it's not a, there's just something not quite there. It's like, it's got a bit too much sweetness, and then it's got the hops coming in at the wrong time. You know, it's, it, it seems unbalanced, I guess is the best word. I'm somewhere in between uh, the, the thought process here. For me, it's <clears throat> I'm with you on the sweetness. I think it's a little too sweet for me. And it, it's got kind of like a, um, to me, it's less hoppy, more peppery taste. Yeah, um, sharp. It's a definitely a sharp flavor. Yeah. And it comes in at the wrong time, it seems like. like to me, the, the peppery, what I get is the, 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 the kind of the biting part right up front, followed by the sweetness. And uh, it. To me, it doesn't balance out well right, right. after that. Other than that, though, it, it is, I think it is a well-made beer, um, and it's, it's not one I would turn away. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's like, I won't drink that. <laughs> right. And Bone had a good point. It is 9%. So. <laughs> when you said pine, it, it does, it kind of has like a Douglas fir kind of thing going on there. <laughs> the Christmas tree. Christmas tree sort of thing going on. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. Mike? I'd say 8, almost 9. Yeah. Awesome. I, thought, I, I like that. Give it a 9.5, come on. I you know. Give it an 8. <laughs> 8.35, 8.75. <laughs> 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 That's just being a dick. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a calculator, okay? I got flip-flops on. I'm going to say 8. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I shouldn't 
I guess I should. I guess what I'm saying is I shouldn't smell Douglas fir. <laughs> Let's get weird. T-Bone. Ah, uh, well, they're gonna get a half point boost for the alcohol boost for me. So I'm gonna give them a six and a half here. It is, and it is I gotta say, it's gotten better. I've had a few more drinks. I was gonna say the same thing. That helps. Uh, it definitely helps. Um. But I'm still getting some odd, some funk. So it's just not quite working for me. So uh, it's it's definitely not a hate thing, but it's it's not a, like this would be one like if I ordered it at the bar, I'd drink it all and then I'd move on to the next one. Uh, so with that being said, I, I'm going to give it a five and a half. Whoa! whoa, whoa. See, I'm, I'm I'm a I am a six and a half. I'm a six and a half. Uh, <clears throat> I went with six and uh, gave it a bump, so I'm six and a half, and it has kind of. Gotten better uh, through the sips. I don't know if that's the nine percent talking or just in general, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. What do you got? What do you got there, brother? Score comes out to a six point seven. Six point seven above the av. Yeah. Sure, sure. It'll Peter, what are we eating with this? It'll drink. It'll drink. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one because it does have some of these odd flavors, um, but it is so big that you know it's it's main course fare. Has to be. Yeah, and um, you know. Shepherd's pie, prime rib, Yorkshire pudding—that type, those types of combinations. Uh, this is going to just drown out pretty much any sort of like chicken or fish, unless it's just heavily, heavily spiced, and, and even then you're just that, at that point you're just putting out a, a fire in your mouth. Uh, so you know, think steaks, meats, pork chops, smothered in onions. This is probably your best bet for this beer. here shortly to talk about their uh, their row uh, from uh, Long Beach to Hawaii. I think they're about uh, 250 miles out, so they're, we're looking forward to chatting with they've them. They've been picking up some speed yeah, lately, yeah. So some some distance, break. anyhow. Take a quick break and hopefully come back for them. Uh, back with this. <laughs> Don't I think you will 
love you, baby. You set my soul on fire. You killed me, baby. You're a real life wine. You turned me on like nobody's done before. You say you're done, then you want some more. You say you love me, then you run away. Try to escape. I love you, woman. You set my soul on fire. You kill me, baby. You're a real live wife. Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt, we live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. My name is Mary Scholes and you're listening to Swoop's World. I'm sorry, baby, but I tried. Sorry for telling you those lies. Sorry for messing with your mind. Well, I never meant to make you cry. Peter's over there saying the goodbyes to 
Chris Anderson Group, and T-Bone and I are chatting about, man. How's it going, man? It's going, man. It's going well, man. It's been a, it's been a nice week so far. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, productive. A little busy, but uh, yesterday, I was going to call you yesterday, but then I, by the time we, uh, Ashley and I ran from our house to the the farmer's market at Bixby Park. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Every they had, the first, they had the first concert in the park down there last night. Oh, did they really? So they're doing that for the next three or four Tuesdays. So nice. uh, if you want to hang out on uh, one of these Tuesdays coming up, Assuming, uh, uh, you know, it is uh, Angela and Tara calling from the middle of the Pacific. How's it going? Hi, it's going all right. Uh, it's awesome. You guys are um, looking at the map. Uh, you, you're closing in. You, you almost have visual on, uh, on the islands, huh? Um, yeah, just about. We're supposed to be able to see, I guess, the, the mountain peak on, on Maui. Um, we're supposed to be in range to where we could actually visually see that, but... Uh, visibility isn't that good out here yet, so we haven't we haven't actually seen land yet. <laughs> uh, we we did have a big seabird. We named him Buddy, and he spent a day with us on our bow. He he landed on our solar panel and left deposits on there. And, and, uh, <laughs> that means he likes you. Pretty, uh, yeah, yeah. We we just you know he kept coming back and landing on the bow of the boat and then flying off and coming back and. We tried to feed him goldfish, but he didn't like them very much. <laughs> These aren't real fish. Yeah, you go, what is this? What is this prepper food you're trying to give me? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, he was, he spent a whole day with us, so I guess he was he was resting. It's like the water temp out here now is like 79, and it's about 90 degrees. And uh, I guess he got overheated, so it's like burned down, so... We made me buddy. We talked to him. Selfies with him. Yeah, I took selfies with him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good Poor time. bird. <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, what is the, what is, you said it's been warm and stuff. What have the conditions been like the last uh, couple of days? What was that? You know the sat phone. Every once in a while, I can't hear what you're saying. So. Well, you said you said it was it was it's getting kind of warm. So you've been getting sun the last few days, and uh, uh, and the weather's been pretty nice. I don't know. Oh, it just sounds like they're in a fishbowl or bubble or something. Uh, can you hear us now? Can you hear me now? I think. No, no, they're still there. Yes, sir. Let me let me try let me call you back and see if I get a better connection. Yeah. All right, sounds great. That's uh, Angela Madsen and, and, and Tara Remington. They're uh, they, they're on the ocean row. Uh, they're rowing a boat. They left out of Long Beach here. I believe it was around May twenty first or somewhere around there, Tivo. Yeah, something in that range. Maybe the twenty fifth ish. Yeah. But and they're headed to uh, headed to Honolulu, Hawaii. Or yeah, Honolulu. Yes. And so they're uh, they're almost there. I think they're less than 300 miles out. Uh, been ha- at it for you know all those all those uh, weeks, and they're they're closing in. So they're calling on a satellite phone, and sometimes the reception's not the greatest, and they're working off of solar charges and whatnot. So hopefully uh, we'll get a chance for them to call back and, and uh, pick up where we left off. 
Sounds like uh, they've had some uh, some warm weather lately. Yeah. They said. Let's try this. Can you hear us now? Yeah, you sound much better. You don't sound like Peter Frampton album anymore. <laughs> well, it was one of the greatest selling albums of all time, so we'll take a look at that. <laughs> what I was asking you about was you said it was it got kind of warm. Does that mean you've had sun in the last few days? The last few days? Has it been what? Have you been getting? Uh, I know pre previously you weren't getting much sunshine. Are you getting sunshine now? We were getting sun. Yes. What was it? Sunlight. Oh, sunrise and sunset. No, it's still. Um, it, yeah, I think we had a beautiful sunrise yesterday, and then last night the stars were amazing. You just see all the stars up in the sky up there. It was cloudy all around, but the old sky above us was open and just felt stars. It was strange. It was amazing. And yeah, I think now we're starting to get into where we can see sunsets and sunrises. And yeah, it was just gray. Nothing but gray. Hey, yeah, Lucia? Yeah. We're here. You still there? Yeah, yeah, oh, we yeah. still got you. We still got you. How many, how many more days do you think before you, uh, before you hit land? Um, three. Nice. Three. I think we're gonna be, we're gonna be getting in there Friday night or Saturday. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, the conditions of, uh, you guys look like you've, you've got your pace uh, up quite a bit. Uh, are you getting, are you catching some waves, or you're, you're just, the, the conditions are just evened out for you yeah it's just um you know, we've been able to average you know the same thing every day we've just been able to do you know just plug away at it 70 miles 70 miles 70 miles unless you know i don't foresee it changing or slowing down or or any of that you know we get disappointed when we we can't go three knots and we can only go 2.5 it's like ah, <laughs> under the world we're never going to get there if we if we can't keep going fast but, yeah. Well, I know you. I know you want to hurry up and get there because I, I see your families are po posting up all kinds of uh, fun Hawaii pictures on Facebook. So you need to get there and get a part of that. Some of that uh, fun before they use it all up. Yeah, they they are. They're um, you know they call us up and tell them what tell us what they've had for dinner and <laughs> and. What they've watched on TV and what they've done here and there. And it's like, oh, gee, what they've been drinking by the pool. It's like, gee. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even you guys taunt me every Wednesday with the beer tasting thing. Come on. Well, for what it's worth this week, you didn't really miss out. It's kind of a bizarre beer. Yeah. A little weird. Yeah, it was a six only, right? Yeah, we, we, we scored a low a lower score this this week, so, so we're, you didn't miss we're saving the, we're saving the good stuff for when you get back. That's right. We're having to drink some yeah. subpar beer here. It's a it's a real chore. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll definitely definitely look forward to <laughs> drinking beer with you sometime mid August. Absolutely, we look forward to it too. And. Uh, uh, Tara's doing okay. Uh, she, uh, we hear her uh, in the background there. Uh, she's still, uh, sure she's still up to her pranks. And, uh, it's proof of life. 
Freaking Susie's life. I'm naked in the rain. I'm here. She's naked in the rain. <laughs> I think y'all are having way too much fun out there. <laughs> we're, we're having a squall, so we're, we're, we got rain on, so. Yeah, so. It was a bad day. Yeah. So it's like 90 degrees out here, and the water is 79, so it's like. Even that. <laughs> well, I, I missed the first part, of it, but it sounded like you guys were visited by some wildlife. Has there been any other encounters with wildlife? It's just the, the bird that landed on our boat, and I mean, there's fish around the boat. Like there's, you know, you can see the glowing, shimmering reflections of, of fish, and then there's a, some like birds. There's this pack of birds harassing a fish for a really long time, and it, I guess it saw our boat and made a beeline for our boat. Uh, we was like under our boat so all the birds came over and told us off. They like squawked at us for hours. It's like oh, no. no Yeah, it's like you know, it's not our fault you can't get your fish. It's like you just go find another one. There's tons of them out here. I mean, tuna are jumping, there's like there's fish jumping. Catfish are jumping. No, no, no. But there's been some, you know, floating debris, like tsunami debris, like logs and stuff, and you'll see these fish, these fish are just around it, jumping and carrying on. But yeah, there's been lots of fish by the boat, and then Buddy the seabird that landed and, and crapped on our solar panel. Thanks, Buddy. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so, Take turns with the cleaning duties uh, when you've been shit on by birds? Um... You know, I, you know, I have funny stories about getting shit on by birds. I always get shit on by birds. It's like, I was in the Marine Corps, and I was a squad leader, and we're marching to the mess hall, and I got shit on by a big Paris Island seagull. And, and it, it did it right on my cover, the bill of my hat, and it was, like, dangling. It was swinging there on my hat, and the drill instructors wouldn't let any, nobody was allowed to laugh, and I didn't, I wasn't allowed to take my cover off and remove it. A part of it was on my boot, and part of it was on my cover, so I had to eat with that little piece of bird poop dangling from my hat to bring me. It was like, like, oh, man. That was Marine Corps thing for you. But, yeah, we all nearly, we laughed, and we, funny. But, yeah, so. It's not my first bird pooping. So you're about three days out. Uh, are, are you going to be able to allow to uh, to, to roll into Pearl Harbor? What was that? I said you're about okay. three, you're about three days out. Will you be allowed to row into Pearl Harbor? Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna. They're actually gonna let us do that. We're not gonna go into there at first. We're gonna clean up the boat, clean up ourselves. But they've given me permission to row into Pearl Harbor. Uh, part of it. I get to row by the Utah. So, on, uh, I think Tuesday we'll put the wa uh, boat back in the water and then they've, they've got a boat for media and a boat for family and then we're going to do a little thing in, in the harbor. <laughs> well, good. You know, it, it's, it's like I said, every week we always look forward to having a chance to chat with you. Uh, obviously, you guys are, are about three days out. Uh, it's been amazing, amazing to watch 
I look forward to uh, look forward to seeing you you make it there and, and, and chatting with you afterwards and uh, having you back in the studio with us sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be our last Wednesday at sea, eh? Yeah. But, uh, I'm calling you Wednesday from Hawaii. <laughs> Interesting. It won't be as interesting then, I'm sure, but... We look, yeah. we look forward to it, Angela, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for checking in with us, and, and uh, you guys uh, keep up the good work, and we'll be, uh, we'll be chatting with you soon. All right, all right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, enjoy the home stretch there. Have fun. Talk to you soon. Oh, hey, here. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, Tara. The curse of life, you heard her. She's still alive. That was not Buddy. That was Tara. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers. Angela Matson and Tara Rivington, uh, they are uh, amazing. Simply amazing. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, uh, and we'll get uh, we'll get uh, Anthony Davis on the line. This is uh, Danny Roser. This is called Hitchhiker. Back with this. <laughs>
Hi, this is Barry Rolera. You're listening to Scoop World. DraftKings, man. DraftKings, all right. Well, if you are listening to us live on the website right now, Go ahead and uh, scroll over to the right side of the page, and you will see a banner ad for DraftKings, the place to be for one day to one week fantasy sports. Uh, you draft your team, you like them, you keep them for a day, you win, you lose, you start over next time. Uh, I was watching some episodes of the league earlier today, and the draft episodes are always the most fun anyway. That's where all the intrigue happens, and... From there, things kind of stall after a few weeks. It's like, oh, I've got bye weeks and free agents to move around. <laughs> that stuff's lame. Uh, the draft is where the fun is at. You can get drunk every time, just like we're going to talk to AD about here in a little bit, I have a feeling. Uh, so get on DraftKings right now. We're going to go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings or click on the DraftKings banner ad on the right side of the page. You get a free entry into a big money giveaway, and you can uh, pick whichever sport you, uh, fits your fancy and have a good time doing it. Let's give AD a call. Let's do that. Let's get him on the line here. Let's go to the lines. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back to the show. NFL great USC alum Anthony Davis. How's it going, brother? I'm doing okay. I woke up this morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's half the friggin' battle. We all know that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a pleasure to chat with AD. He's got the he's got the inside scoop. If not, he uh, he's got the the the, the firm opinion about everything sports. Uh, We want to get started right off the bat with uh, there's an article this week in the LA Times. About the uh, the Raiderettes, the, uh, the the cheerleaders for the Los Angeles Raiders, they filed a lawsuit. I know you got some uh, some thoughts on that and, and the uh, and the outcome of that lawsuit. Talk to us. Well, you know, I just want to let you know. I mean, word has it that my daughter and I are the first father daughter team in the NFL to be a player and be a cheerleader. And uh, I know the kind of money that they were paying my daughter, which I thought it was appalling, and for her and for the rest of uh, the league. And as far as I'm concerned, if if she's part of the if she's part of the Raiderette situation where she was three years, and everybody else in the league was part of their team, that's part of the NFL brand. So I'm glad to see that the, the, the Raiders are the first to do what they're going to do with their cheerleaders, and also the Raiders were the first to hire the first black coach. So they've always been the first. You can say whatever you want about Al Davis and the regime of the of the Raiders. But he's always been the first to do what he's doing. And I'm glad to see the ladies are getting more. But I think they deserve flat-based salaries across the board because they work out and work as hard as the players in a lot of ways, pound for pound. So I'm just, you know, my daughter missed that. But uh, but she was a, a, a great member of the team for three years. We did appearances together. But I, I thought the, play, the, the girls were grossly underpaid. And I'm sure the women out there listening to the children will totally agree with me who's followed the, the lawsuit. And then also what they've done in terms of their hours and their wages going up. But that's still not enough. I think it's still appalling that the league is not doing more. And I think the commissioner, Goodell, should get involved and say, hey, look, 
we need to revamp the system. It's not fair to the women. They're part of the brand of the National Football League, and they should and they should be treated accordingly. You know, it's, it's interesting, and you know, you you, you got to mention the the, the leader first. I think they're also the first to hire a uh, Hispanic coach when they hired Tom Flores as a head coach. Uh, I think he's the right. first Latin head head coach. Um, the the things that the people, a lot of people, talk about or, or don't know about what the cheerleaders have to do uh, to go through. Um, apparently, they you know they they have a, a, a quite a bit of a time commitment uh, involved where. Some of them have actually had to uh, to readjust their, their their lifestyle as far as the, the jobs they have and whatnot because of all the required appearances and the, uh, the rehearsals and practices and all that to go along with it. Well, it's look, almost, I mean, it's look, a full time job for a lot of them, right? Well, it is almost a full time job. I mean, you got to train, you got to practice, you know, you, you, and then and then a game day they got to be like two or three or four hours before the game. To, to work things out. I mean, and every girl in the league does that yeah. with every team in the NFL. So, I mean, what they do, they practice during the week. And a lot of people, a lot of girls have to do, they work, they have a job during the day, and they got to go there. Well, based on how they work and, and, their, and their body of work, they should be getting a flat salary for the ones who made the team. If they earn to make the team, they should get that money. They should make, look, as far as I'm concerned, the girls should make $100,000 across the board or more. That's what they should do. That's the kind of work they put in to really put the product on the field. You know, I mean, their special girls have been picked by the, the, the Raiders. So if, if you make the team to get, get paid, I mean, they need to make something. What's 100 grand in the NFL? <laughs> Come on. Per girl. I mean, they're paying these guys millions, but they're part of the product. They're part of the brand of the National Football League. I mean, come on. You know, that's the, 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 as far as I'm concerned, the NFL is being chauvinistic anyway. Take care of these ladies. Moving to, moving to a different subject real quick. Uh, uh, re- this week uh, or last week, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, you went to SC and, and, and all the history there. Uh, I was reading about uh, Louis Zamprini. Uh, apparently there's yeah. a, a new movie coming out uh, that uh, Angelina Jolie has uh, is directed uh, the, based on the book uh, about Louis's life. Uh, he, he's a longtime USC supporter. He went to SC. Had you ever had a chance to meet him? Yes, I did. I met him. Uh, I, I met him five years ago when uh, I think he was ninety-three, <laughs> yeah. and he's been around a long time. He's historically famous for the POW camp in World War II. Uh, he was also in track at USC, a letterman. You know, uh, he was just a great athlete too, and just a great patron for the United States. Yeah, I was that honor of meeting him. Yeah. And it was great loss, and he just became the, the grand marshal of the Rose Bowl. It's right. sad to see that. It's sad to see that he, he he passed away before that would happen. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's amazing uh, when you know when you, you start reading about uh, uh, people. Uh, I I actually was found out about him from a past guest, a uh, 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 good friend of the show, Jack Nunn, who uh, somehow he's he's friends and his family's friends with uh, Lou Samprini and. Uh, and he's telling me about him and telling me a lot about him and, and, the, and the things that he'd been involved in, the things he'd gone through, and like you said, in the war. And apparently he was an Olympian, too. Um, and so it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, there's a lot of times I, I read about people and stuff like that, and there's, there's always that USC connection. Uh, what, what, what's with SC? Do they get this connection to all these different greats that uh, come around? Uh, oh, you, might, you call the USC syndicate, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, uh, Zampezi, it, it, it's always down in history. Zampezi, John Wayne, 
all these people that were, became legends in their different fields. But the thing about Zampezi was was great. It was like you said, he was Olympian. He was a World War II World War hero. Uh, he was a great USC supporter. And then you know, and his gene pool was great because he lived to ninety seven. And uh, a lot of people thought the way he was going, he was going to make it to a hundred. So I mean, with the USC family, it's always been greatness in, in all the sports and, and different areas of. I don't care if it's sports; it could be entertainment, it could be historians, it could be professors. I mean, you know, just one of those blessed universities that were that have had great people come and go out of the school. Yeah. One of the things that you and I kind of talked about and mentioned that something uh, you, you told me, uh, uh, you know, something about Muhammad Ali, and you, you were going to tell us about that. Well, the thing is about, you know, uh, the thing that I was ostracized for years is that, you know, and I looked up to Muhammad Ali. I mean, you got to remember in the 50s and 60s, I mean, if you were a black person in, in America, you couldn't really speak out and really speak your mind. And what I admired about him, you know, he told it the way it was. I mean, he, he was a perfect type of package. He was big. He was a handsome guy. He was he was flamboyant. You know, he won the gold medal in 1960. So I looked up to him, you know, and... and and I sort of modeled my, you know, somewhat attitude about how he did it, you know. And, and, and but, but, but being what he was and what I was, he paid the price for being in those years. A lot of people who wanted to be like him just didn't have the nerve to be. That's what I admired about Muhammad Ali and stuff, you know. I mean, he was definitely a role model for mine, but back in the day, he was not considered a role model. And, you know, I saw, I saw his, his daughter on television on ESPN talking about, you know what his what his father meant to a lot of people, but back in the day, if you if, if you idolized a guy like that and you made it known publicly, especially a guy on my stage, you pay a price for that because in those years he was considered you know militant, anti-system, anti-war, regard refused to go to the war, and they stripped his title. So you know I always admired him for standing up and doing that, and I sort of took after that. So I admired him for for what he stood for, but by you doing that, you pay the price for doing that. But so, uh, if I had to do it all over, I'd do it again. Yeah, you you know we we've talked to you quite a bit, and uh, and you know you played you played during the seventies. Uh, you you traveled uh, around the uh, around the nation, uh, you know, playing games and stuff like that. Did you see differences uh, uh, from you know being here in L.A. and traveling to other states to play and play ball? Uh, the way you were treated by other uh, in other areas than you were uh, throughout your career. Well, you know, in the seventies, I tell people when you go a certain place in the style south, it was, you know, you still saw, you still saw what that what that was like in the fifties and sixties, and you know, in my particular case, being a two sport athlete playing in your know, USC with being tops in football and baseball, and being on national titles in both, I mean, a lot of times people came out to see this football player who was playing baseball, and I got ripped a lot about, you know, me being a baseball player. Everybody said, you know, you need to go back to. Uh, the football, and I heard some derogatory statements, you know, referring to my race and stuff like that. But, but I knew I was prepared for it. Knowing I left out of California, when you go to the South and Midwest and stuff like playing baseball and stuff, you know, you you, you were going to get it. And so, you know, I dealt with it. No big deal. I just knew, and I was prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And in, in any in any person of color in those years, they had to deal with that. That was just part of our society at the time, which is really a black eye in our society. But it is what it is. So when I left Southern California, things definitely it definitely changed. Yeah. The uh, 
we, we last week we, we kind of chatted about uh, what was you know as everybody else was what was going to happen with these uh, contracts of the NBA was uh, LeBron going to stay was he going to leave uh, he, he went back to Cleveland and, and I think we touched base on that a little bit um, but uh, what do you think you know now now you know weeks gone by you look back at things uh, it looks like. Uh, the Lakers are signing people. They haven't got a coach yet. You got uh, Bosch gets picked up a big contract. Wade got another contract. Uh, different guys throughout the league. Uh, Carmelo, he's going to stay in the, with the Knicks. What are your thoughts on what's happening now with the with all the free agency stuffs kind of winding down for the NBA? Uh, did you pay attention to any of it? And then you have any thoughts on the things that happened? Well, I paid attention to some with LeBron James when he left Miami and went back to Cleveland. The reason why I believe. But what I liked about the move with LeBron James, he said, wasn't about the money, which I like. He went back to Cleveland. I thought that was a great career and business move because I think LeBron not only makes money on the court, but he's going to make a lot more off the court. So that was a, that was a great move on his part. But from a legacy standpoint, it might, he might have took a hit because Magic Johnson, you know, Larry Bird, and of course, you know, Michael Jordan, they did it all at one team. Okay. You know, LeBron went to Cleveland, went to Man, went to Miami. Now he's back. So these guys did all that stuff in one team. You know, LeBron did it just with Miami. I mean, he 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 went to the finals with, with with Cleveland at one time. But the championships is what people count. Now, in terms of the business move, it was great. I thought, as far as the legacy in the NBA, how everybody judge uh, legacies. Of course, you know, people are going to question that. In my opinion, because Jordan did it six times for the Bulls. He did it three and three and three, MVP in all six. And you had Magic Johnson with the five. You had Kobe with five. You had Bird with three. And, you know, he had Moses and everybody else. So they all did it at one team. Well, Jordan, I mean, LeBron's thinking about doing it with two teams. If he can get Cleveland back and do that, that'll be unique. And the thing unique is about him going to Cleveland. If he wins the championship with Cleveland, then, it'll, he, he, you know, uh, he'll be in the same category with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like he did in Milwaukee and with L.A. and stuff like that. There's been a few, though. I think I think Robert Ory and uh, Sha- Shaquille O'Neal, uh, they both uh, made mo- had multiple championships, uh, uh, some with different teams. I think... Uh, well, see, well, oh, 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 Shaquille O'Neal did it with the Lakers and did it with Miami. Right. And, you, you know, that's what I'm talking about. You, know, you got the dual guys. got him. You got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, Kareem did one with my Milwaukee. Kareem did with five with uh, with the L.A. and six. And you've got Shaq did it with three with L.A. and one with that's four. So the multiple championships are with different teams. And then he'll, he'll, he'll join that club right there, but he hasn't done that. He's only won two in Miami. He's had, like, what, six? What, he's had, like, five uh, NBA appearances. And in the finals, he won two out of five. So to be to be categorized with the greats, Great, greats, you know, from a, from a legacy standpoint, he's got to have multiple championships. He's got to be in the category of four, five, and six. <laughs> I mean, that's what he has to do. Let me let me throw something yeah. at you. Let me throw something at you there. And this is one of the things I I always I, 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 I used to kind of uh, like to think about too. You got guys, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, guys like uh, Jordan and and, and uh, Kobe. Who've done, all, you know, played all these, won all these championships with one team, which is a great thing. I, I, I take nothing away from them, but I always kind of wonder about guys who are able to uh, play in, not necessarily win them all, but play in the championship with multiple teams. I think, uh, you know, you talk about 
LeBron has been there with both Cleveland and Miami. You had Shaq's been there with three teams. You yeah, got, go you, Magic. You got yeah, you got you got you got, you got, you got a few guys who just their presence, I think, kind of elevates a certain teams to to a certain level. And while they might not actually win the championship, getting their team there uh, each time they play on different teams, there's something to be said for that too, don't you think? That's true too, but you got to remember why Michael Jordan is so great. But Michael Jordan is so great, he pretty much carried his team in six titles. I mean, he had his role players around him, but it was, everybody knew it was Jordan. I mean, you know, and, and you do need your teammates to win champions. Individuals have individual achievements, but teams win championships. So the problem with LeBron with Cleveland and Miami, he needed some of his role players to step up that day and get thirty points or thirty five. He didn't get that this year, and and that's what he's lacked. All the times when they lost, if he'd had some role players that st- stepped up, he might have five straight NBA titles. But see, Jordan had those pieces, but he made sure that whatever he did, the magical part of, 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 of Jordan, he won six. And of course, he was a nucleus of their teams. But those role players with the Bulls did all those pieces, those six championships, in the way they did. That's why Jordan is considered the greatest. Now, I heard Julius Irvin. Irvin uh, today talking about his 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 favorite player. Well, of course, it's Bill Russell because of the multiple championships. He's had eleven Bill Russell, but you know, the thing people talk about was the competition what Bill Russell was doing. No, I mean, you know, I'm not going. I don't think that his competition was a level with Jordan. You know, because the game has gotten better and stuff like that. But I'm not taking that much of taken away from Bill Russell. But no one's done what Jordan did. In, in the in the in the body of play that Jordan said, no one's no one's just come close to that. I don't know if anybody will. You know, I mean, he, Bill Russell didn't play against the pound for pound player that Jordan Jordan has played against. Even though he was great, but he didn't play against the guys like Jordan. Well, that's a good question because the the, the 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 thought process is, and, and the question always is, is it fair? Is it fair to compare uh, periods in sports? Is it fair to compare? You know. The Newt Rockney era versus your era. Is it fair to compare the you know the Bill Russell era against the Jordan era? Uh, uh, do you think we'll that put it this we'll put it this way? I'm just going to tell you straight out the way that you guys know I am. First of all, let's not even talk about the 30s, 40s, and 50s because it was segregated society. Forget all of that. <laughs> Forget it. You know, in, in baseball, football, basketball, it was all segregated. So I don't even I don't even I don't even count anything past 1960. Okay, that's how I look at it. Because it was a segregated society, they didn't let they didn't let minorities play, and like and, and like what I heard that you know it was it was a Negro league and Caucasian league. So I don't acknowledge that. Okay, the thing is about Bill Russell, and that just getting the '60s. They just we just they didn't have they could they, a lot of us just couldn't play. It was a segregated league then, just couldn't play. So it's unfair to compare. But put it this way: there's I've always seen players in different decades that can play today. Bill Russell can play today. Gail Sayers can play today. Jim Brown can play in today's game. There's there's few players in all the sports that can play today. They can play in any decade. And, and, and you know, and that's that's a handful of guys that can do that in any given sport. But I don't acknowledge anything past those but those guys, when I mention a Jim Brown, when I mention a Muhammad Ali or Gail Sayers or O. J. Simpson or what they can all play today. That's the kind of ability they had. You would talk about Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. They can play today. Okay? Mickey Mantle can play today. Okay, so I'm just saying, you know, any, but, but there's only a few people that can do that. 
from ear to ear. But I don't acknowledge the rest of them. Maybe it can be a few, but I don't look at it because it was a segregated society. So I don't, I don't acknowledge that. I've been ostracized about that and, and criticized, but it's the truth. I, I believe that's the truth. You know, getting back to getting back to LeBron's move to back to Cleveland, uh, I, I read his his uh, his little article letter thing that he had in one of his writer buddies right. up for him, um, and you know, I think a lot of people saw this move coming. I think that you know, it was it was more expected than maybe he was he was. I think he wanted a little bit of an element of surprise, maybe not as much as the last time he moved cities, but. Uh, I think my favorite part of what he had to say about why he's going back to Cleveland was his description of his four years in Miami as his equivalent of uh, college. Uh, I thought that I thought that was kind of a cool thing. How he was like, you know, this was this was my four years away from home, going to college, <laughs> and uh, now I'm coming back home to to help my community and that kind of stuff. I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. That that was one part of of his statement that really struck me as. This is this is something of a maturing, uh, and it, it was it was a neat thing to see that from a guy who you know, granted he had that opportunity, but for went for went that opportunity to go to the NBA instead, um, but kind of a neat little insight in anyway. Well, but, AD, before you respond to that, let me throw in a, a little added thing that I heard about that whole situation too. I heard that also his four years uh, prior to going to first, let me say. The guy, when he went to Miami, he could have made a lot more money staying in Cleveland. When he left Miami, he could have made a lot more money staying in, in Miami. Uh, so there's something to be said for that for a guy who's actually looking out for certain things and, and more than money. But I did also hear that when he was in Cleveland, he kind of had the, the run of the mill, and he kind of could do whatever he wanted, and he kind of had people worry, show up and, and admit it to things without question. Uh, Riley doesn't allow that. And I heard that that one of the things, uh, and I, you know, this is the pundits talking. One of the things that he struggled with in Miami was not having that kind of clout, even though he's the best player in the league. Uh, but based on what T-Bone said, and based on what I just added, what, what are your thoughts, AD? First of all, let me let me say a lot of people don't know. You know, people don't know that Warren Buffett is is a financial advisor. What I've understood to LeBron uh, LeBron James, uh, that might be true. But as far as I look at it, I, I agree with the fact that I thought that was very monumental for him to go back to Cleveland from a business standpoint. And overall, when he leaves the court, he's looking beyond basketball. It was bigger than basketball. He was thinking about community, leadership in the community, leaving an example for all the kids and stuff about where he's from, Akron, Ohio. I just believe that what he did was overall picture outside of basketball more so than basketball. Now, you know, uh, sure, all of his boys and all his crew and everybody, which how you want to put it, is all out of Ohio, which is good. And I'm glad he's been able to help his people. That he he's, And one thing I know about him, he's a very loyal individual. Okay, and by him going back to that, I thought it was a great move all over, overall. Sure, Pat Riley might have his standards and whatever, because, you know, he had earned that. If, he, if that's how he runs his ship, that's how he runs his ship. But the good thing about LeBron, he followed that, he respected it, he honored that. And he can go back to Cleveland. He pretty much can write his own chap- last chapter. This is the last chapter, and he can write it the way he wants. I think it's a great movie. It's a very fortunate athlete to be able to do it. Because no, how many athletes get to do that? Nobody gets to do that. Look, like he said, he's like he went to college for four years. Now he's going back home. Now he's going to involve his community. He has the opportunity to win a championship in Cleveland, a championship or two. If he does that, I mean, that's going to be very iconic in terms of what he did. 
on and off the basketball court. But I think his future is bigger than basketball in terms of what he's accomplished. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he seems to be, uh, I don't know the guy personally, but uh, when I read about him and what I see in Colson, he seems to be really into his family, a family guy, uh, likes to do things with his family, likes to do things with people that he's grown up with and stuff like that. And you said, like you said, he's, he's generous that way. So I could see uh, going back home, uh, especially since he felt you know, the way he left, uh, was kind of a negative spot on this thing. I can see where going back home uh, fits him well. He can be closer to his family and closer to his peeps and stuff like that. The one, the one, the one issue, uh, the one thing people wonder about it, apparently the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the owner of the uh, Cavaliers uh, wrote a really negative, really negative letter uh, about LeBron when he left. It was on the team's website uh, the entire time he was gone, up until two days before he signed the, the new contract. Uh, was it in Comic Sans font the whole time? <laughs> First of all, let me tell you something about that owner. Let me tell you something about that owner. LeBron James owns that guy now, mentally, spiritually, and anywhere else you want to go. The fact that LeBron came back, he's look, he's he's taking the higher road. He can, in my opinion, he's he's he can care less about that owner. He's be he he's bigger than that owner. Now the fact that he's coming back that shows people that he's much more mature than the owner. He has that owner in his hands. You hear me? He has him in his hands. He can pretty much do what he wants to do. As long as he keeps his nose clean off the court, he owns that owner. <laughs> he owns him. He owns him. LeBron can walk in anything. And I believe, I believe that that was his strategy, and I believe he can just look at that man because I, I can tell you, when, when this owner looks at LeBron on the court, he'll just say, yes, sir, Mr. James. <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. James. If you want to come out looking with you, because, I mean, first of all, he came up looking like a bigot. He looking like a plantation owner. How dare that brother leave me when I'm given an opportunity to play? That's that's how he came off. And and the letter stayed up on on the website for the for the longest. All the long time he was gone. That's on the owner. LeBron James is bigger than that. And I'm proud of the man that for doing what he did. He just looked over him. Just he just he, he keeps coming back home. He just happens to go and play for the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. That's how I look at it. And I think a lot of people that that, that knows LeBron. Thinks the same way. He 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 took the high road. He just took the high road. Ad, uh, this is the this is the fortieth anniversary of the, the the big Notre Dame game. I know you got some things planned for that. Uh, you got the, the the draft coming up over at the Tilt to Kilt. What else is going on uh, with you? Uh, anything happening within the, this weekend or the next weekend? We can tell our listeners about. No, it's not finished. I'm just going to go do some little private signings here for, uh, for a guy that wants me to sign some stuff up for the 40th anniversary. That's about coming up. I'm going to be signing some Sports Illustrated covers, and uh, that's about it. Other than that, I'll be doing my work, and uh, as I usually do every day, and trying to wake up every morning. As always, it's, it's great to talk to you, man, and we'll, we'll chat with you again next week, man. All right, thank you. Take it easy, man. Anthony Davis, uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, listen to some of Cynic. Uh, the, the boys will be playing at the Troubadour uh, next weekend, the 25th or 26th, somewhere around there. And uh, actually, Mike will be calling in uh, late next week. Uh, we'll get a chance to chat with him about that. But uh, this is called The Big Bang. Back up to this. I'm dying from these doses, it's psychosis and remarkably untamed. 
But it sits in every image thundering while I'm convulsing under skin But face down in the sand Set on fire the helping hands Seeing underground But shooting for the sun I've got a reason to live is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that piñata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel. And a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. 
Learn more at StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Talk Story Radio. Hello, this is James Eday from the Dub Rock Duo. Just wanted to let you know that you're listening to Swoop World. Welcome back to Suits for the Talk Story Radio Network. Audible.com. If you go to our our homepage, any page actually, and up there at the top, uh, there's an Audible uh, banner ad, and um, it'll take you, and you'll get your free a free book, a free download. Uh, Audible.com has 150,000 titles. Soup, what, what are you on right now? Uh, I, I, I have finished the, uh, the book about Major uh, Taylor, the, the, the bicyclist, okay. and uh, this month I will be purchasing with my, uh, my this month's credit, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Anyhow, 150,000 titles, and as we have spoken about often, lots of great talent. Uh, generally speaking, these are uh, uh, you know voice actors who are, are reading these. Quite quite pleasant to listen to, uh, and there's something out there for everybody. Uh, I've been reading, um, you know, the, I like the Doom book. So when I when I uh, I've got a drive or a long bike ride, I'll plug it in sometimes. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, drown out the kids while you're on that long trip. <laughs> Believe me, there is a time and a place for these things. Uh, Audible.com. If you go to, what's a, what is it? What is it? AudibleTrial.com forward slash Swoopsworld. You go there and click on that and sign up. You will get your uh, first download for free. Um, and I got to tell you, you know, it's kind of cool to go and like, ah, I don't know what I want to listen to. And as I mentioned, I think last week or week before, um, we're traveling and uh, we're like, we got to entertain a small kid. We put on The Hobbit. I had a credit waiting. Didn't cost me. Actually, the credit that I, you know, for, for the, the regular fee was cheaper than buying it outright. So it, it's a kind of nice thing. So check it out, uh, audible.com. It's a way that we here at Swoops World earned a few little pennies on the way. Absolutely. And for all your fitness needs, check out our good friend Jack Nunn, especially here in Long Beach. But uh, if you want uh, personal training, indoor rowing, and boot camp, or plenty of things else he uh, provides. I, right now I know he also does uh, specific uh, personal training for people who are uh, triathletes. Uh, he does that also. So if you want to check that out, go to uh, Rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X, Dot com. Did I say powerhouse fitness earlier? Anyway, rowworks, com, And uh, check out Jack Nunn. And he's located at 5750 Boat House Lane here in Long Beach. Or you can uh, give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know to switch to switch you your first week is free. Where to bike Orange County, Peter? Uh, where to bike Orange County is part of a travel series uh, of places to ride. Uh, there's a whole bunch, like 12 of them, covering... You know, throughout the country, I covered Orange County and found the 85 best rides. 30 of those are kid rides, uh, completely car-free rides for your your little guys to figure out how to how to navigate and keep their balance. Um, the other 50-something are recreational rides, ranging from very casual 
you know, uh, four or five mile rides with lots of things to do to the more uh, challenging 50 or so miles with lots of hills and, and wind to combat. Um, each ride has a, an accurate ride log, places to stop uh, and rest, a little bit of history along the way, and uh, the book has a companion app, which is free. Um, so where to bike Orange County, you can go to the Swoops World uh, website and find a banner ad there that will take you to Amazon. It'll be delivered directly to your door. If you're in the Long Beach area, uh, it's uh, available. The locals, Barnes and Nobles, REI. Um, this is in Orange County and LA. I've seen that as well as the local bike shops in uh, Long Beach and Orange County. So check it out. Where to bike Orange County. Nice. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to everybody listening in on uh, SwoopsRoad.com as well as those listening on TalkStream Live and all the other ways to listen to us on the SwoopsRoad iPhone app and Android app and all the other, uh, you know, things that put us out there. So we truly appreciate that. Next week on SwoopsRoad Late Night, Jordan Oram, uh, also known as the Maple Musketeer, will be calling in, talking about his new book, his new e-book. Uh, he's a, an outstanding photographer, travel guy, uh, great stories. I had the pleasure of meeting Jordan uh, a while back, so we're looking forward to him. He'll be calling in from Canada. Uh, after Jordan, uh, Mike Sorellis uh, uh, will be calling in uh, uh, from the Altar Billies. Uh, they'll be playing at the uh, Cypress Family Festival also, so we'll be talking to him for a little bit, and we'll also be talking to Mike Gossard from Acidic uh, for a little short one, too. So it's a, it's a busy, busy week uh, next week. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Sounds really busy. Yeah, we, we got uh, one long one and two uh, short ones, plus the usual uh, the AD and uh, Angela. Uh, so we'll be squeezing a lot in next week, but uh, looking forward to that. And it's time now for... Oh, uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's Time Out. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's Time Out. Yes, yes, I'm indeed. taking my line back. Peter, Peter still can't remember the website for Audible. <laughs> slash Swoops World. There you go. Give it to him, man. Yeah. Give it to him. Mm-hmm. had Swoop as a crutch for too long. <laughs> Keep looking to his right and saying, what's that side of you? He stuck his uh, suck a spider on me a second ago. Yeah. Uh, that's that was? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, you, I saw you jumping over there. One of those brown violin spiders or something. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's not that brown recluse. Yeah. With the giant bumble that likes. <laughs> Dude, all, uh, both of those critters have had. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Long standing <laughs> impact. <on my laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. One of them on my shin and one of them on oh. YouTube. Yes, so, indeed. <laughs> um, you know, we had, we had uh, a World Cup final come and go recently uh, on Sunday. Yes, we, had a, we had a third place game on Saturday that was... I didn't even bother to watch. It was, I knew that was going to be a blowout. It was not entertaining. Was yeah. it a blowout? Was it, was it, it was, was, three, it was three, a blowout. Three, three, it was, Brazil got a goal like in the last oh, did minute or two. Like no, 88th minute they got a goal. I was watching the Utes. Um, but it was, it was not an entertaining game. Yeah, I, I, mean, I saw the, that coming a mile away. The, the Netherlands really did just kind of have their way with it. Um, Brazil just kind of looked lost. Not as lost as they did against Germany, but still yeah. lost. Uh, the the people in the stands were booing. Uh, oh wow! It was. It's just like this. This game doesn't even matter. You're already out. What's what? What? What's the deal here? Um, I don't know. Something about this whole host country thing. I guess is a big deal. Like, 
certain amount yeah. of pressure there. Yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> well, it's Brazil. I mean, that's the main <laughs> reason why. Yeah, that ain't why people, people don't go to Brazil for the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, people went to Brazil for the World Cup this year, but as a general rule, yeah. all the people I know who've gone to Brazil weren't real old soccer fans. They had other things on their mind. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, it's white sand beaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the internet gave me some other reasons. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, Germany wins the World Cup. However, they win one to zero in extra time in yeah. the 113th minute. That goal uh, was. Uh, pick a way to pronounce his name. Gutza Gutza. He scores a goal, and uh, Argentina goes home. Disappointed. That goal is. It's like the they play, the thing about soccer. These guys, you know, they run back and forth. They play, and, they, and then when you least expect, I think what's yeah. happening is they're thinking, okay, we're just going to take this to PKs, and they kind of let let down just a See, wee, do, with just a wee bit. I do think that was the case with Argentina. Yeah. They, like they were happy to get to PKs, and Germany's like gonna still like we're going. Yeah. So that's where I give Germany credit. Okay? Uh-huh. And I did pick. I picked Germany to win. After the group stage, I picked it to be Germany and Netherlands in the finals, and Germany win. So, all that being said, I was cheering for Argentina, but you could clearly, I think, see like in the last five minutes, they just they just sort of like, oh, we're going to PKs, we're going to PKs, <laughs> and it's like it's like, dude, there's still a bit of game to play, and the Germans, to their credit, um, no quitting their game, they no. They clearly came out. You could, I, I, I go back to all the way to the second half of the overtime. I go back all the way back to no, no, two. no. Well, <laughs> the second half of the overtime, um, the Germans came out like we're scoring goals, mm-hmm. and Argentina had a couple of almost chances. They had a lot of chances, but in that second oh, yeah, overtime, yeah, yeah. like you could already tell. I think at that point they're like, it, it's PKs. We're doing PKs. <laughs> um, so, to be honest with you. Germany deserved to win, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was cheering for Argentina. I, I picked Germany to win, but I was cheering for Argentina. Um, it's amazing. Up it's still amazing what end. Messi can do with that freaking ball. I, oh, he's, he's, and he looks like a, I mean, he's got three guys around. He him. looks like a child out there yeah. sometimes, just physically. Yeah. He looks so small that you're like, oh my God. And he just he comes out of the scrum with the ball. <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, he's a, definitely a seriously talented guy. Yeah. Just works his way from the right side all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't the most exciting game, no. but it was better than either one of the semifinal games, I thought. You know, it was at least competitive. Yeah. And it didn't go to PKs because I, I don't think that I that's actually, a suitable way to. Here's, I, 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 I agree with you on that way. It's, it's really no suitable way to win a game. But I, I also enjoy the, the PK. It is the stuff. highest of high drama. Yes, for sure. But it's not. But as we as we say with everything else, if you've gotten to PKs, you haven't done your job. It's that same sort of thing, for yeah. sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. And and Argentina versus the Netherlands totally fit that bill. I mean, that was really same score. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, right? I mean, zero zero all the way in. They go to PKs. But it, what a boring game. I mean, just. Neither team, it just it almost seemed like they started off with like a tie is good in a game that you can't have a tie. It's you know, they, that was not that was such a dull game. It's I thought. Interesting with soccer, the the different styles of play. Like when you talk about any other sport, and you talk about styles of play, it's it's 
like, take football. When you talk about Styles Boy, well, this team prefers to, to try to you know crush up. We the get middle. the West Coast offense. Yeah, so you know, but with soccer, thing. the style of play is like, okay, we're going to try to score and we're going to play keep away. I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, so it's like, I don't know. It, there's not a whole big variety to me where you know. Not, not I, I grant. I'll admit, I don't know the intricacies of the game. I've been watching it for 20 years and I'm not, I never played it uh, on a team level, but it just seems to me that. The styles of play is either a team that plays keep away, plays the clock, we'll take it into, you know, overtime or PKs, versus a team that attacks, attacks, attacks. And, and, and I think the games are more exciting when you have two teams on there that are both playing attack as opposed to two teams that are both playing keep away. Well, I, I, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and I would say that uh, Argentina definitely was defensive-minded, but they're like – we're going to counter. And that's most of them, I thought, the most interesting parts of that game were the counters. It's like Argentina, would they're playing defense, defense, defense. Germany takes a shot. Now now Argentina's countering. And right. you're seeing Messi and uh, I forget the other guy's name. Just like, and they're moving full space. It's like, it was yes. like the old showtime with the Lakers. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, we just got the ball. Now we're moving, and but there slow, were moments you gotta of that. Slow down that fast break so you're not outside though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the strangest rule. It is a strange rule. I've, I've had to explain it to my whole family multiple times because, of course, I had to, I've had to coach soccer just enough to to have to have learned it. Yeah. And it is a it, it's like for American sports, it's just such an odd. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I can't outrun you. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know we've all played. I imagine at some point, some sort of thing, recreational, younger league, where, you know, the coach wanted that one kid to score. Yeah. So we're going to put all you guys down here, and you're going to sit underneath the basket, <laughs> and we're going to heave it down there so you can do a layup, and it's going to be the only points you score all and, season. And if you miss that layup, it's going to be a while before everybody gets down there. So you can probably you do it again. Yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> exactly. Well, in soccer, that would be offside. <laughs> Apparently, you can't do that. <laughs> so, it is an odd. And even offsides, is even I, I understand what offsides is. Still, there are offsides calls, and I'm like, why is that offsides? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like. And then there's times where, like. Oh, you just start go, he's offside! And then they're like, no, he's not. Well, like, there was that one instance, <laughs> I think it was Germany, where they almost gave up a goal, and. My son, I had just explained offsides to him, and he's like, that should have been offsides. I was like, no, because it wasn't an Argentina player who passed it back. It was a German player who passed it back. You're allowed to be passed him at that point. And at that point, right. that's not offsides because... Okay, here's one. Here's one, and, and I think we all saw it, which I didn't see as offside. I, I still can't figure out why it was offside. <laughs> there was a corner kick. Oh, uh, yeah. It went in, the guy headed it. It hit the pole. Uh-huh. It bounced back. It hit a guy. Because that guy was offsides. <laughs> Why Not was the he guy... offsides? All the shit was going on at that time, man. Because it's where he was standing. So the guy who headed it, if the ball had gone in, it's it, the goal, goal would have counted. But because the ball didn't go in, it now comes off, and it hasn't touched It hasn't touched an opposing player. It's touched the woodwork. And I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm not justifying it. I'm just telling you that's why. That's why. You should be. That's one of those we don't want to make anyone feel bad for giving up a goal. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. And can you imagine uh, trying to teach? Last year, I coached my daughter's team, and she was 
seven when I started teaching her. Can you imagine trying to teach? And she was the older one. <laughs> I was teaching kids as young as five, <laughs> six. I mean, can you imagine trying to explain? Like, grown adults don't get it. Can you imagine trying to teach these? Yeah. They're like looking at me. I'm like, so everybody understand? If you understand, raise your hand. And like, no hands go up. <laughs> teaching the defensive side of basketball or football or hockey or even soccer to a Because what's offsides in football? You crossed the line. line. The line. line. There's a line. The, the, yeah, the ball the line is standing still. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not an arbitrary. But even like, you know, covering covering a player on defense in any of those sports, you go where that person goes and you don't let them You stand between them, them and the basket or them and the goal. And, and in every one of those sports, with the exception of hockey a little bit, because they have a blue line blue, instead yeah. of just, you know. But at least player. it's a line that doesn't yeah. move uh-huh. and it's painted on but, the but ice. <laughs> the objective of all of these sports, even soccer, is to find open space and get away from defenders. Uh-huh. And to have that only work in one dimension is just kind of screwy. Yeah. Like. To tell yourself, oh, I can run past this motherfucker, but I'm not. But I can't. Like, I'm not allowed to. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get the whole, you know, I want to just have people standing down there cherry picking thing. Because when we play pickup basketball and some lazy ass who doesn't want to play defense just stands (laughs) back by the basket, it's like, okay, you got that one. Next time you do that, I'm going to kick you. (laughs) <laughs> like you, you will get fouled so hard you will never do right <laughs> you might not get up <laughs> but the game regulates itself that way you it know? does it does and in basketball a basket here or there it might make the difference but it usually won't but in <laughs> soccer <laughs> like oh my god a goal that's it holy shit <laughs> we're screwed yeah. so, i get it but it's just it's counterintuitive it's yeah. it's like tying a hand behind your back or in this case tying a foot behind your back because your hands are already tied behind your back um so, yeah, it's still, it's been a very good World Cup. It was entertaining to watch from yeah. start to finish. Uh, very few really, truly boring matches. And, um, well, and as we talked about, uh, group stage, oftentimes they come out just like, hey, a tie's good. There were some of those games, but for the most part, there weren't too yeah, many of that those. That only gets you to the group stage, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then even in the up. even the, the 16 and the, and the quarters is like, a lot of times they're like, yeah, you know, one goal will be enough. There were a lot of teams who were like, we're coming out to score. And I, I'm not a big fan of the German play because it, it tends to be, you know, control the midfield. It's just very, it's not exciting. But that being said, they said, hey, let's score goals. You said German. Holding off on a lot of adjectives. That I, know. Right I, know. I know. I know. But uh point is, is up until like those last three or four games, the semis, the third place, and the, and the and actual finals, were probably the least interesting part of the World Cup, and all that was still very interesting. It's successful, I think. Uh, I don't know how the Brazilians felt. They spent $13 I think successful billion, I, I heard. successful overall. I think they said... Uh, at least here in the U.S., I think the, the World Cup was uh, – more people watched the World Cup than what they said, the last uh, – the NBA Finals. Oh, not, really? Not, uh, I think the World Series – not the Super Bowl, but I mean a lot of our – twenty. They said like 27 million viewers in the U.S. Yeah. for the World Cup Final. Yeah. So nowhere near the Super Bowl still. No. Yeah, it's just the Super Bowl's but, hard to beat, man. But, you know, the NBA Finals. Everybody's waiting, waiting on a wardrobe wall fight for that. <laughs> wish, I wish they had one boring, of those in, in Brazil. The most boring part of the fun. Super Bowl is, is the halftime to be, but uh, apparently people still enjoy that. There's a lot of sad people out there. 
but until until three and a half years from now, you're not going to hear a lot about soccer from yours truly. <laughs> the next one's in Russia, right? Yeah. Is that right? So, Supposedly. Well, you think they're going to change it between now and then, or you think that the shit's going to hit the fan? I don't know, man. Some new sanctions or some shit. I don't uh, know. Oh, yeah. Sports are supposed to be, you know, above and beyond all yeah, that. Yeah, that's what, that's why we there's boycotts of Olympics and whatnot. <laughs> Most notably between this country and that country. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Quid pro quo. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I mean, you know, in each of those years, they made it real clear who was going to have the most medals, at least. <laughs> True that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the World Cup has come and gone. You know, we talked a little bit last week about the U.S.'s performance, and uh, this is one of the things where I think we pretty much agreed with Mark Platt. The U.S. side did not really perform all that well. Uh, they had some opportunities, and they still managed to get out of the group and into the knockout. And Group of death. Yeah. Which I, most people didn't pick them to get out of, I don't think. Listen, they had a chance. They had well, with a chance the, with the healthy Cristiano Ronaldo, I think they probably don't get yeah. out of that group. But, I mean, granted... What Germany did throughout the group really had a big effect on on uh, the points. Sure. So. We can still stand on the fact we lost in one nothing. One nothing. Yeah. And Brazil lost seven to one. Seven to one. And Argentina, runner-ups of the world, lost one, one nothing. nothing. So we're as good as Argentina. That's second, right. Second in the world. <laughs> there you go. It's all how you spin it. Yeah. Is it, man? <laughs> there you go. Greatest team in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I got home from work on Monday, and I was doing some stuff, and then all of a sudden I looked at my watch, and it was 4.57, and I was like, oh, man, the Home Run Derby starts in three minutes. How was it? I didn't watch any All-Star stuff, but I heard Trout did well. The Home Run Derby was delayed by, like, an hour plus because of rain. The weather? Where was the All-Star playing? Minnesota. Milwaukee, right? oh, Minnesota. So, uh, Same they, guys who picked the All-Star games who picked the Super Bowl spots, so. huh? Yeah, well, you know, baseball is more... It needs to spread around, and they can do it in July more than they can do it in January or February. But sure. still, July in the Midwest or the South or even the Northeast is just so much more prone to Thunderstorm all of that, and, yeah. all of that stuff no that we just don't have here in our little Southern California desert. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's no teams in North Fargo. <laughs> no. Yeah. Pretty much the same weather system. So, <laughs> um, they uh, they had to hold off on the derby for an hour or so, and this year they were touting a new format for the home run derby so that they could speed things up. Ideally, it didn't work. <laughs> What's that format? Having guys uh, shotgun start. <laughs> they, they said it was to speed things up. What they did was add two extra guys and then give the top two guys a bye like after the first round into the th- it was I if they didn't add the extra guy they could have they could have skipped so much of this and we had Yasiel Puig in the National League hit zero home runs mm-hmm. and just kind of looked like Yasiel Puig like, he had a nice new do, though. He did. Um, yeah, what do you have? He had his characteristic. He had a mohawk, but then he had a star yeah. shaved into the side of his head, man. 
But was, he, all, was it all on one side and the star on the other? He had some all star. He, he, <laughs> he had some stuff going. Um, but it, it didn't help. He clearly had never, <laughs> never done the home run derby. Like never even thought about the home run derby. How did Gordon do? He wasn't in the derby. Uh, he was at the All Star game. Uh, I couldn't tell you how he did in it, to be honest, because I didn't get to watch the All Star game. Uh, life happened, but I did watch the derby, and the newer, supposedly quicker format still took three hours. <laughs> and I was like, "This is stupid." That's I'm telling you, man. They got to take. Lost, they got to take. They got to. They got to take a clue from local drunken golf tournaments where they have the shotgun start. They need like, it's five diamonds, six diamonds. And have six guys swinging at the same time. <laughs> All teed off at the same time, man. Might as well. I'll speed that whole process up. And the, you know, the things they did to make it supposedly quicker this year were they went from ten outs per round to seven. So now an out is any swing that does not result in a home run. And so if you knock the piss out of a ball and it goes off the wall or just slightly foul or whatever, it's that's an out. Doesn't matter. Whiff. Whiff. Yeah. All those things that do not end with the ball going over the fence in fair territory are an out. And it took some of the fun out of it because a lot of times you see guys get to like the ninth they got nine outs and they get the they get on a little rally, they get like three or four home runs. Yeah, they finally got in a groove. Uh, and there was too many rounds this time, too, because they went, like, there were five guys for each league that went in the first round, and then the bottom two were out for each league. So then, the, but the number, the top guy moved on, got a bye to the next round, and then the two versus three from the National League went against each other in a, in a slugfest. You know, I had a question for you. Uh-huh. I, I don't watch anymore. I, I've watched them in the past. Uh, the goal is just to hit the home run. There's no extra point. Because I see these guys, they're going deep center. And I'm thinking, you know, I might be pulling my shit you don't, to you left, don't left, left, you don't left get, field wall. Or, you, you don't know. get extra points for the 500-footer. You don't yeah. get extra points for so the why upper deck. Why are these guys going deep center all the time? Man? Why are they just trying to you know, pooch it over, man? There were a handful of shots to, like, dead solid center. Because in Minnesota, in Target Field, center field has... Uh, a big, a nice grass slope out uh, beyond uh-huh. the fence, and it's deceptive how deep it is out there. The, the fence out there in center is like 408 or something, um, and then right center is just nasty. And there's only one left-hander in this whole thing. That was Justin Morneau, who really he hasn't been like a big player in the whole thing in a long time, but. Tulowitzki, who is the captain for the National League, picked him because he's like, yeah, it's Minnesota, they like you. Come hang out. And he didn't make it out of the first round, but he, he did at least go yard a couple times, so that was good. But now there's no bonus points for long shots or big towering bombs. Um, but the guy who ended up winning it probably had the most. Uh, the most impressive home run, though, was from Giancarlo Stanton. Miami, the Miami Marlins. The guy, he he did not win. He he was good in the first round and then got blanked in the second round. And he, but he had one that was like they gave both ESPN broadcast it and they gave both the distance of where it actually hit in the stadium 
how far that point was from the from home plate, and then based on the trajectory and everything, how far it probably would have gone. And this one, the projected distance was like I don't know, five eighteen or something. <laughs> like, That's shot. It was it was like four or five rows from the top of the top deck. Wow, the left center. I mean, it this thing was moving. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um. And that part is still fun. Like, you see a home run like that, and you're just like, I don't care if this is the same value as the one that just squeaks over. That's that's incredible to watch. Um, but here, like, in the home run derby, everybody brings their own pitcher. You have, like, your batting practice guy, <laughs> your, you know, whoever, like, whoever throws batting practice for your team at bare minimum is going to come throw for you in the derby. A couple of guys had their brothers pitching for him, you know, kind of as a nod to, like, Robinson Cano a couple of years ago winning it with his dad pitching to him. Well, Puig gets there the day before the derby, and they say, who's pitching for you? He's like, what are you talking about? He says, no say. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Monday? Monday. And, exactly. And so they actually had Cano's dad come pitch for Puig because he didn't have a pitcher. <laughs> Classic. And then he, you know, with only seven, if he had ten outs, I think he would have probably hit five or six home runs just after finally figuring it out. But he only got seven outs this time, and he he swung, like, seven of the first nine pitches, and he was done. Like, Dude, you, you could have warmed up in the cage. But that's seal, right? He was the first guy to bat or anything. Dude, you're the fourth guy up. Pull your head out. But, uh, Ioannis Cespedes, the first repeat winner since Ken Griffey back in, Ken Griffey Jr., back in 98, 99, I think. Uh, back when the Derby was fun still. And now it just, it felt so forced, man. Like, see, I think all of the rain delay and the the new format and everything, it's like, there's too many guys involved. Like, you had, yeah, three guys who hit one home run in the first round. It's but like, the same on. thing, I think the same thing when you talk about talking about the slam dunk derby. I think I think all that stuff is it's lost the uh, it's lost what, what I first enjoyed about it. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's yeah, it, it definitely has because it's manufactured, it's staged. But you can get away with that with a handful of superstars. But Todd Frazier, who ended up in the finals for the National League, like he was the the National League representative against Cespedes because Stanton went over in the previous round. It's like these guys have to go and swing a bat hundred times, you know, like and they're and they're taking breaks in between and doing more batting practice warm ups down below. It's just kind of dumb. Like, who was that I read about? Just I read get about like four guys <laughs> max who can knock the piss out of the ball. <clears throat> I read about somebody last week. I can't remember who it was, but he declined to participate in the home run derby because he says he's he's in a groove right now, and he didn't want to screw up his swing. Oh, we hear about that every now and then. Yeah. Um, Trout was supposed to be. They they begged Mike Trout. Maybe to it was Trout it. I read about. And Mike Sosha was like, "Please don't, <laughs> don't do this. Not this year. <laughs> Just go make it." We will see Mike Trout in a home run derby before before his career's over. But yeah, I mean, it does definitely change the way you swing because you're. You're hitting against even slower than your regular batting practice would be, which is already much slower than the pitches that you're. Why don't you get your BP pitcher to throw? 
Well, some guys do. Yeah. Uh, some guys have different <coughs> different takes on it. Um, the pitching was worse, I think, this time because you know, like I said, we had two guys who had their brothers out there pitching for them. Which didn't help the pace of the whole thing. But Good brings out his tea. Right? <laughs> yeah, the old like ball and string. <laughs> on a bungee cord so it might be able to go away and you know, come back and kill some fan back in the corner. No big deal. Um Yeah, it, they all have they're supposed to all have a designated pitcher for them. Uh, I mean they pick their pitcher. A couple guys had uh who was it? Donaldson for the A's, who's been having a great season. He's got, I think he's got 20 home runs in the regular season right now. Wow. The A's had two guys in the derby um, between Donaldson and Cespedes. He had his, the, it's the A's bench coach. I can't remember the guy's name, but when he was coming up through the organization, this guy was his manager at every stop in the minors. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you're going to come throw for me in the home run derby. Come on, let's do this. You got me here. And that was cool. Like, the guys who had their brothers out there, it's like, that's fun. You know, if I had that opportunity, I'd probably do something like that. But this to, one I'm was... I'm trying to picture Justin in the home end derby. Uh, that fucker would be trying to strike me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he Sibling rivalries. Hey, we're not playing football in the living room, all right? <laughs> over the plate. Just get yeah. it over the fucking plate. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't throw a knuckleball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I thought for for whoever put thought into changing things, it was like really this is what you came up with. Oh well. But, you know, Midwest weather is what it is. You can't you can't change that. Um nor predict it. No, definitely not. <laughs> and for all those people that actually live back there, they see rain and they're like, "Thank you." <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know, my, my grand scheme of things. They're like, it feels like tornado. Work. So we got we got rain here on Monday night. It spit on us a little and, bit. And uh, woke up in the morning, take my daughter to her camp. She's like, Dad, did it rain last night? Like like a note of awe in her voice. I'm like, yeah. Like, wow, how weird. <laughs> I'm like, well, for us it is. But there's other places where that is 100% yeah, normal. Like, I go visit my folks normal. this time. Yeah. <laughs> I go visit my folks this time of the year. It's like thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. And weird. I, I lived in D.C. 100, 100 plus degrees in the yeah. morning and pouring rain and lightning the night. I remember know? one time when I lived in D.C., there was a, a two-week period where it rained like clockwork. Thunderstorm. Every day at, like... 355. 355. Like, you're like, it's 340. Oh, look, there it comes. 355. For 10 minutes, it came a downpour. Blistering hot, humidity. You're like, it didn't make any difference. But like every day for two weeks, it was exactly the same. So that's not unusual. They call them humidity showers. When I was in Japan, I was in Japan. We were just like wandering around. It's fucking hot, right? And all of a sudden, this rain cloud opens up, like, within, a, like, a 100-square-foot section. Yeah. Just pours. I mean, you can literally look across and see it's dry <laughs> right over there. Yeah. And we're just getting drenched for, like, three minutes. Stop. Gone. Stop. That's the, thing. That's the amazing thing. Is 
how like it starts all of a sudden and then it also stops all of a sudden yeah like somebody just turn the tap off it's like done we're done yeah we don't we don't get to experience that really here Uh, i had that in cleveland of all places beautiful country Um, (laughs) was there for the fraternity convention actually so we're out taking the the big picture of all the convention attendees so all like you know 400 of these college and formerly college guys in suits walk out to this spot to take picture and we were all complaining on the walk over there tap open hot and, nasty. <laughs> and oh my oh no the complaints about that were not nearly as bad as the complaints about the torrential downpour that just opened up on us for like 10 minutes we're all trying to hide under the little little awnings and everything it's like this there's not enough awning on this street it's not gonna happen so yeah uh, I'm on CD now. <laughs> are, you, are you okay there? Yeah, I'm having a blast. Go ahead, carry on. Never mind. Distracted. I don't even want to know. Um, so the All Star Game took place last night, That's and the, the, uh, the, gravy again. the American League <laughs> got it done with a five to three victory. So the uh, whoever represents the American League in the World Series will be uh, at home for more games than not if, if it goes to seven. What? The that's awesome. <laughs> What's going on here? That's ten years of paint. Oh, nice. So on, I, all different kinds and colors. Huh? Yeah, there's there's at least that's some artwork there, right there. I know, right? Yeah. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> Latex paint. Nice. Latex paint on uh, on plastic. Tupperware. Nice and smooth. Doesn't impregnate the, pl- uh, the plastic. That's it, man. That's good. I like that. Uh, you we know could what? make that an ashtray or something like that. <laughs> Batman, <in>. here we go. <laughs> we gotta switch to whiskey though. Ow, no, no problem there, man. <laughs> You're talking to a couple guys who can do that easily. Yeah, yeah. We, need, know, a new, the, we need a new sponsor. Don't know if the, yeah. don't know the, the, the uh, I mean, like an A. The whole mom's gonna afford it, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure we can taste the same thing for about four weeks. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> start walking. Home. <laughs> you got to move closer. <laughs> start stealing a bike. Every <laughs> I get like six from? weeks in. Um, you know, the all-star game happened. I didn't get to watch it. You know, like I said, life happened. Uh, apparently the American league jumped out early and, uh, Got the win, so whoever whoever goes to the World Series for the AL has the theoretical home field advantage. Trout uh, was the MVP, man. Trout was the MVP. Jeter, uh, Jeter and Trout each had um, runs scored. Trout had two RBIs, I believe. And Jeter in his final All-Star game appearance uh, with a leadoff double. The kick it. He can slap the double. He like sure can. And, room, he, and he slapped it to right field. And both of his base hits were to right field. Went oppo twice. And uh, apparently there's some sort of kerfuffle about what Wainwright said after the game. I don't know. What happened? I don't know. He said something like just trying to put it down the pipe for him or something. It's like, <laughs> well, and along those lines, my son was uh, miffed because, you know, he, he's 13 and 
he does not understand how things work yet. But he was. He still perceives injustices in places that we've all long since. And, and he believes in meritocracies. Uh, <laughs> and so. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, I tried to help him out here, but, uh, he, he was really bent, uh, that, that, Wainwright, got that Wainwright got the start. And I was like, well, who's Wainwright's manager? <laughs> and who's managing? And he just, he just was livid. Uh, but afterward, afterwards, he's like, he, he made it a point. Like, uh, so Wainwright gave up three runs, I think. In his stint, uh, Kershaw pitched a perfect inning. And Granky, two pitchers later, pitched a perfect ending. At least that's what he tells me. I, I haven't confirmed. Uh, but he was – so he was – he's miffed about that whole, you know, how that happened. But uh, I told him, I was like, you know, that's just, that's just how it is, dude. And uh, Kershaw is on friggin' fire. Yeah. 1.87 ERA, I believe. Just Leads the league in. Uh, give anything up. He's stingy. In strikeouts, ERA, and the number of the fewest walks allowed, or something like that. Along with, I think he's tied or near top with wins. He's the guy's, and he just won the Cy Young last year. So I mean, he's a major reason why the Dodgers look. Like these strong, it's hard to call them the favorite to win the division right now, just because even the, even with the Giants' hot start and having cooled down to let the Dodgers catch them, yeah, the second half could yield similar results. You know who knows? But well, most importantly, the Dodgers. That division is between those two. Yeah, and, and, and the Padres, the Diamondbacks, and the Rockies are not going to win that no. division. Uh, and the problem with the Dodgers, ten to twelve games below five. Yeah, and and the problem with the Dodgers is their pitching is great, but this is a lineup that should be like they should not be beating the Padres one to zero, one to nothing, and then losing to the Tigers fourteen to six after going up five to nothing. Like that's the problem, and they open, I believe, against St. Louis, so that'll be quite interesting because as I as I point out to my son, I was like, yeah, it's nice to beat up on. The Padres and the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a good team. But when you're a good team, you're supposed to beat the Tigers two to one, one to nothing. You're supposed to beat the Cardinals, you know, three to four, mm-hmm. two to one. And so we'll see if they're able to do that. I don't. So far, they've they've shown that they cannot, uh, which means that they'll probably make the playoffs. Is either the division or the or they have a very good chance as the wild card too. But they don't look like, as in the form that they are now, they don't look like a team that's going to get much past that first. They're certainly not going to get past that second round. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm a Dodger fan, so I hope they do, but in those, that offense sucks yeah. right now. And in, in the playoffs, and as you go deeper, your pitching becomes more valuable, but that's... You still got to put up a run or two here. You got to score runs. You got to score. You don't have to score a lot. If Kershaw's pitching... Three yeah, runs will probably get you a win. Three runs, yeah, get you a win. But when Kershaw's been pitching lately, he's been winning one nothing, two nothing, two one. It's like you know that's tempting fate there. And yeah. against good teams, that'll that'll beat you up. So, who knows? We will see how the second half of it goes. Uh, 
exciting races, I think, in both the AL and NL West, where, like we talked about in the NL, we got the Dodgers and the Giants, really kind of the class of the division. And in the American League West, you have the A's and the Angels, who have the two best records in baseball right now. Um, well, and we didn't talk about this last week because I forgot, but last week I was going to mention just, and this is probably not true now, but at the time of Monday last, so not this past, but two, two Mondays ago, if the season had ended there, which obviously would be very premature, every California team would be in the playoffs, except for the, for the Padres. But that's that's pretty impressive. Like, yeah. Not to make on the Padres, but hey, the Padres are still in third of five teams. In Why are you going to do that to them? I didn't know. Okay. My point was, my, that's not the point. The point I'm trying to make was four California yeah. teams would you make got, it. You got both Bay teams and, and both L.A. And, Orange County yeah, teams who are neither the, four out of the five. And you neither the, the, the five. I know, I know. That's, that's not what. But my point is, and on top of that, that the right. Yankees wouldn't make it. The Red Sox wouldn't make it. And the Phillies wouldn't make it. It'd be the Orioles. The Orioles have the best Tigers? in the East right now, I believe. Yes. Orioles, yes. Tigers, Toronto. I don't know now, but as of last Monday, Toronto. as of last Monday, they were in first place. Uh, it, it just obviously there's a lot of season left, so yes, we got about seventy. There's just an interesting games left because people bag a lot of times on the, on the American and National League West mm-hmm. and. The American and National League West would be sending two teams each. This should be referred to as the National League worst. Yeah, yeah, and rightly so for a while, but not not now. Several occasions in the past, but yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. And I, I definitely kind of gave the Angels a slight last week. Uh, Yeah, but they came back. They, they heard you. They they, they stepped up. And you know, the Angels, like I said, they have the second best record in all of baseball right now. Gotta step up. (laughs) Get an answer. Two games behind the A's. And that's going to be a very interesting race to watch there in that yeah. division. And, you know, that one I think will hold. I think those two are the teams, kind of like in the NL West, who are kind of the class of the division. The AL East, we've talked about this time and time again. You could flip that whole thing completely on its head twice between now and the end. Yeah, season. yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. So, um, and every team there seems to, to be... Tampa Bay excluded. Tampa Bay yeah. seems like they've already called it quits for the year. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer because that's a team who's done so much with so little. Just last so year, long. right? Just last year they yeah. were competing their, right to the last year. In their entire existence, you know, and they're the youngest franchise in baseball. Um, they have as done, close as they are to Cuba, you think they'd be pretty good. <laughs> they're on the wrong side of that. They should have got Puig, I guess. They, they, they dropped the ball there. I don't know if we could help them there. They need to have some kind of a little shuttle. The ferry. What do you got? You collecting gloves over there, Peter? No. You got to get five dozen gloves over there. No, just, just. I got four. That's where they all end up. That's where they end up, you know. I see everybody had their own little spot right there. Helmets or nothing. They just all end up in the spot there. Well, for the rest of this, for the rest of this summer, that's still sports related, though. Yeah, sports ish. For the rest of this summer, the World Cup is done. The NBA Finals are done. uh, The Stanley Cup is done. The All Star Game is coming and gone. Hockey done? 
I guess hockey's done too. Actually, it, it finally ended. <laughs> and we it's ready uh, to start up again. <laughs> we have next week. Yeah. We have two or three more weeks of baseball only. Baseball. At very, which very point, good. then we will get some preseason football, which is almost like real football. Almost, but it's almost, it's, it's, but it's, not. it's 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 that uh, it's that fucking. Uh, Bullshit. The games themselves seductive, are not entertaining. Seductive bullshit where you think your team actually, wait a minute, we won all our preseason games. Yeah. Now we're going to proceed to lose 15 in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It sucks your ass. I man. can't wait. <laughs> um, that's that's the only uh, lament I have about the, the, the structure of American sports is that right when baseball gets really entertaining is when football takes over. It's like, if we could wrap up baseball in August, like if the time when preseason football is happening, could but then be Reggie the time. wouldn't have a nickname. If we had 120 game regular season and the playoffs ended on August 31st, and then the NFL started on, or even September 5th or whatever, and then because the, the NFL starts the second week of September, like I think it'd be better for both sports. It really would, but. Baseball is still considering itself to be a traditionalist enterprise, even though we've got computers that tell the umpires when they're wrong. And, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so we're, for, you know, from that time on, uh, you know, we're hardcore traditionalists. And, uh, it's, <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'm sorry. I had to bring that one back. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it just bums me out in a lot of ways because baseball has a window where it can really own the landscape and make itself relevant again. And we it, still need to do a switch road trip down to Dodger Stadium, man. That's true. Uh, I don't know when that's going to happen with this summer. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> two more damn weddings to go to. Oof. At least, at least there's. Is your name on anyone else? Uh, it's not, you know. No, none of them are my wedding. Oh, okay. Just check. No. Right, yeah. I don't know. I get to. You got one more year on that? You guys will have a heads up at least. <laughs> all right. All right. But, uh, yeah, we need to make it. We need to make an appearance at a Doyer game. Yeah, man. I, that was the most entertaining part about the, the All Star festivities was the interviews with Puig and the other Latin players. Um, ESPN had one particular dude, Pedro something or other. <laughs> Gomez. Gomez. You gotta have Jaime, what's his name, do those interviews, man? Uh, this guy looked like Sal Paolo Antonio, but he spoke Espanol instead of uh, Philly. <laughs> 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 he, uh, he was down there talking to Puig about the Dodgers, and when he, he would ask, he was his own interpreter too, so he would ask the question in English and then say it again in Spanish for him. And when he got to talking about the Dodgers and their pennant race or whatever, he's like, "Y los Doyers." Who's that from the Jaime Harin, right? Jaime Harin, yeah. He's he's been around forever. He's been around almost as long as Vince. Yeah, Vince's been around for. Sixty, I think. This he's been around. I mean, he's been around for fifty. I know he's forty-nine. I, mean, I, I, I knew he was around in the eighties because that's yeah. when I first. He's been around a long time, and then, and then uh, Fernando has been the other guy, the second guy, and he's been there for like twenty-two years or something oh. like that. You know, like broadcasting right after he left pretty much. Play, yeah. You know? huh? No, he was in Mexico. I watched him play in Mexico for a couple. Well, he played Mexico, but then when he came back, he he's been doing the broadcasting for for like 
23? <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, uh, have you been following any of the, uh, the Tour de France? I have not. Man, I mean, I knew it had started, but I... Are getting, they're, getting, they're getting crushed, not by the, by the racers, by the, the elements. They're all going down and getting broken up. Because they're not allowed to do drugs anymore. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Alberto Contador is out. A lot of these guys are going down, man. They're just out. But uh, Peter Sagan is still there. and there's a couple. Of, you know what? It's amazing. It, what I find truly amazing about these guys. These guys are, you know, they're, they're hauling ass. They're riding. They're averaging, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles an hour at times. They're, they're uphill like four hours of the day. And then a mile and a half out, or X number of kilometers, is the way I got to do my conversions. <laughs> These guys go on a full-on sprint. Yeah, I ride 15 miles and I coast home. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing, and I mean, they just it. The, you know, as they're coming up, they're looking at what it's, they're looking at, and the, the one guy takes off, and some of these guys just blow past guys. I mean, I'm thinking, how do you have that left in the tank? It's amazing. You know? It's just... And a lot of times, to make it interesting, those finishes are, are you know, on some sort of an incline. Yeah. So it's like, these guys aren't sprinting downhill. They're yeah, sprinting uphill. Up they're... Yeah. Well, they, they finish stages on, on sprints sometimes going uphill. They, they, yeah. I was watching one, and and, and, uh, and they came around this band, and the, this, the road literally just went straight up. Uh, yeah. and, and that was for the, the finish line of that, not the stage, but that segment, you know, for to get a KOM or something like and, that. And, and, and they any, just take off. Yeah, and anybody who's ever been on a bike and done a long bike ride knows finishing that last hill. <laughs> like, it's miserable. It's miserable. <laughs> and it might only just be the slightest incline, but it's, you're you're tired, yeah. and it's like that hill now seems like a mountain. And these guys are finishing... Mountains, yeah. you know, and it's like God. That's only yeah, that's got to be four, agony. Four hours and twenty minutes into this ride, I'm like, yeah. are you shit me? Yeah. <laughs> this is Full Show Talk Radio Network. Uh, that's the end of T Bone's time out. There you have it, another edition of T Bone.
My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29, and thanks to my college degree, I'm a systems analyst. And the college me would tell you. I wouldn't be here without Big Brothers Big Sisters. My big brother believed in me, and to a 7-year-old... That means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this 7-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect. Hi, this is Barry Rolera. You're listening to Scoop World. Since we're on the Talks Arena Network, hey, we want to thank Chris Myers. Anderson Group I gotta live with for it. showing up tonight <laughs> and, and hanging with us. Uh, always good to have them in the studio. We want to thank uh, Angela Matson and Tara Rimmithu for calling in, as well as Anthony Davis. Next week on the show, Jordan Oren, excuse me, Jordan Oram, Mike Sorrells, and Mike Gossard will be calling in. Uh, we'll be chatting with them uh, and talking about what they got going on. What's happening, fellas? Anything, uh, anything special for the weekend, man? Whew. I don't think so. Well, let's see here. I don't have to work, so that's a plus. That's a big uh, plus, man. I think I have uh, another friend who just moved 
Ooh, I have to go to a housewarming. Get to go to a housewarming. <laughs> take some of the beers Great I don't want out of my fridge and take them to his fridge. There you go. So it'll, you know, paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really have much planned. I got uh, my kid, my daughter's in camp, which she's loving, the uh, drama camp. And my son starts uh, guitar camp next Monday, so that I'm looking forward to that because Gotta I'll get be bored to you this week. Then I'll be yeah, I'll be kid free. Yeah, come uh, it's next Monday, week, it's and I'm planning on I don't know. I'm, I'm it's it's running a muck, getting yeah. weird, getting <laughs> weird. I'm gonna do some something, uh, but other than that, uh, no, you know, because nothing nothing exciting. Right. How about you? You probably got a uh, soccer, uh, uh, I think soccer tournament Saturday, or game to go to. I'll take a little, I think I'm doing the Huntington Beach Pier ride on Sunday, maybe. Uh, it's just not a long ride, but uh, it's a ride, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, if I get there and decide to continue on, then I will continue on, but uh, that's the plan. I, I, you know, that's awesome, man. I, I just definitely, I got kids that are requiring me to take them here and there. I just haven't gotten any too, man, rides but, uh, in. I, 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 you know, the one thing is, is that, once I take him and drop him off, he has no need for me, so then right. I, I can go do the other shit. And that's the problem. <laughs> I got kids that are just a bit younger, so I... Yeah, uh, I feel you, bro. I feel you. <laughs> but I got to get the miles Next week, in. Though. Like I said, uh, my goal is uh, to uh, to start uh, touring the latter part of next year, so I got nice. to put in some mega miles this year and uh, get that, get that rock and Build the pyramid. Exactly. Hey! Thanks for listening to and tuning in all the ways to the Suits World. We'll catch you next week. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.